Hello, and welcome back to the Ark of E podcast. My name is Noah. And my name is Gavin. We're the Blanchard Brothers, uh, back after a little bit of a break for the uh, big holiday weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, first first pod in a while. Yeah, it's let's, been a minute. Let's get back to America it. America had a birthday. Yeah, it did. It did. Did you do anything special? Uh, no. Did you did go not. out to a bar? No, I did not. Did you? Nope. I did not do anything that would compromise the safety of this podcast. I appreciate that. I trust you to conduct as one of the only people <laughs> outside of my immediate family, which consists of, I mean, my, my nuclear, whatever we want to call it, um, my girlfriend and our three cats. So there's five of us here. Um, mm. You're the only person that like comes over on a regular basis. So I trust you to mm-hmm. do your due diligence. Uh, I think we mentioned on the last pod, I'm back to work finally. So how's that going? Um, pretty much everybody's finally on board. We do have a mandatory mask ordinance uh, in my particular township, uh, but notably like IOP Isle of Palms, which is like five minutes from us. Mm-hmm. They voted no, don't worry about it. So uh, yeah, you can literally like drive over a three minute bridge, and it's like whoa, right over here. Take them off. Not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, so a little bit of pushback, yeah. uh, but definitely nothing on the level of like, oh, this is going to go viral. Like, this this hap- is going to be a thing now. This happened at work. Nothing I, like that. I didn't notice. I walked around the, all out of my office around the corner to go onto the teller line, and this guy walked in. And I don't know what he was there for. Never seen him before. Not anybody I recognize coming in often. So I'm like walking in with no mask. I'm like, hey, uh, you got a mask? And he's like, no. I was like, you got to have a mask to come in, man. And I just kept walking. Apparently, he's like, well, you can eat me, and walked out. I was like, <laughs> the girls told me that. I was like, fucking eat me? Well, he said eat me? me? I was like, fucking the 90s. And he was old, too. So I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, he probably would say eat me. I was like, the fucking 90s call. They want their insult back. That's, like, what the yeah, hell? Haven't heard that one in a while. I know. I wish I had actually heard it. Yeah. I was kind of mad, because I just kept walking. I'm like, okay, I don't care. Um, I, I had... Do I even want to tell this story? I, I think you do. I don't know what I don't know what it is. Okay. Uh, of all the interactions, I would say so far since the ordinance went into effect here, uh, for for my purposes at my work, uh, on July first. Okay. So we've been at it for a while. You right. think everybody would be completely on board? But as recently as like two days ago, uh, a group of four. I, I'm assuming they were probably between like 15 and 18. If I mm-hmm. had to gauge, uh, guys, they, they come up. They no, no mask on they're about to enter they see the giant sign and then the giant sandwich board that we have that says mask required it's, it's you know it's non-confrontational it's just like hey there's an exclamation point on it to be fair anyways yeah. they turn around and they come back with newspapers shoved in the front of their face and rubber bands around them that's dope Okay. I got to compliment the ingenuity. I mean, that's pretty dope. The, the sentiments of my boss, basically. A for effort is what is what they said. Uh, I said D minus because they were basically openly mocking it the whole time. Because when they came up to, to order from me, uh, they're like, one of them is filming the interaction on their phone. Uh, presumably for like Instagram Live or Snapchat. TikTok. TikTok I don't know yes. what the kids do these days. They're chuckling the whole time. Uh 
the guys, you know, waiting for me to crack, I guess, or like laugh at it, at the ridiculousness of this giant piece of newspaper, just like covering most you should of his like, face. Hey, Huey Lewis, what can I get you? He says, uh, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, I was not that quick on my toes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he said something effectively, like, oh, I hate masks, like very open, just mocking the whole thing. And so, yeah, I. Or you could have been really down and be like, yeah, I bet that 800 or 900 people who've died in this state hate a mask too. What yeah. can I get you, I, I just basically did not engage because I yeah. could tell that he wanted me to do something. And I've ran into a little bit of that, that people seem like they like want to make a thing, but I, I'm not here not here to make a thing. Just yeah. here to like keep all the customers safe. Exactly. And not have an argument at the place that I have to go to every every day of the well, week for and, the most part and once they told me that happened for like a good 20 minutes i'm like fuck is he gonna come back in here and fucking shoot me like is that what's gonna happen dude yeah never know yeah. i've seen a couple of those stories in the news so far yeah there's an old guy who stabbed stabbed somebody because they were like i don't want to wear one and then the cops shot that guy because he also tried to attack the cops this was like two days ago wow gotta listen to that daily zeitgeist Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we recommended that last pod as well. Okay, uh, so yeah, didn't I didn't do anything really at all. I went for a bike ride on July Fourth, but no, no fireworks for me. Yeah, no, there weren't uh, any around my apartment. Yeah. I think the church next door. Well, there did was a lot around here. Um, oh, I'm sure, but I, I, I didn't really bother. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that was that was July Fourth. We will say before we get into our normal, you know, what we've been watching, etc. One thing that both you and I did. The reason we're here today is we revisited Southland Tales. Yes. Richard Kelly's a masterpiece, as far as I'm concerned. Fuck yeah. Uh, I've been wanting to do a pod about it for a while. Got you to revisit it. I do it every July 4th. so I, I think I, it's a tradition yeah, now, dude. It should be, anyways. Uh, I mean, yeah. it was Independence Day. No disrespect to that movie, but this just nails it on every level. Yeah. Like, what more? how more American can you get? Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to another reappraisal of it. Yeah, given current circumstances. Uh, anyway, so that's that's what's mainly on the on the docket, as I usually say. Uh, but let's let's talk what we've been watching. It's been a while. I'm sure you've got a laundry list. Uh, and I'm sure yours is just Sopranos and like one movie. I did. Well, we could start there. I did finally finish the Sopranos. How was it? No, was it just? Yeah, <laughs> it sure was. Let me tell you what that that hard cut to black loved it, man. Now yeah. it's it's impossible though. This is interesting. I was having this conversation with my my friends uh, who are rewatching it now. Oh, they're like a couple seasons behind me, but I was like, I loved it. But did I? Well, did I love it because I genuinely think it's great, or do I love it because of like? All of the years of people just being like, oh, what the hell? That was bullshit. It pissed me off. It made me angry. Yeah. And like, yeah. I think in context, having everything that's leading, because I knew that's the crazy thing is like, I had seen bits and pieces of it. I remember like when A&E used to run it. Right. Heavily edited. And I was like, I'm never going to watch it like this. So there was these key moments that would get hit every once in a while, but it's like, I know that final scene. I've seen it multiple times in different docs, et cetera, different TV shows. It's been shows depicted on other, like, exactly. pop culture. I think Hillary Clinton had something to do with it <laughs> in a okay. campaign video. Oh, possibly. Yeah. I, I thought you I, were That's joking. what I've seen. I thought you were joking. No, it's legit. I've seen the video. Oh, okay. It was something around, it was around her 2000, 
eight campaign or was it no that would have been it was for well, like a, it wasn't for okay. a presidential race it was for a different race but yeah regardless anyways i i i thought it was great we, we basically having the context for like okay i see all of these characters but like i have no idea where they're at at this point in their lives what the like significance of the whole episode leading up to this and it is one of the best like final episodes of a series i can think of overall i give it like a 9.5 uh it's definitely in my top 10 now but still firmly sits below my kind of upper echelon of the wire six feet under the just leftovers H- just hbo stuff it's all hbo okay. except for you got I, I would i would put breaking bad and Mad Men above okay. sopranos even though sopranos or excuse me, Mad Men to a certain extent could not really exist without Sopranos. But also, there are moments of Sopranos where I was further reminded nothing nothing great in the modern era of television exists without Twin Peaks. It oh, just yeah. doesn't. There's so many like crazy dream sequences and mm-hmm. like just beautifully done like weird out there stuff that like I've heard David Chase talk about in interviews where it's like yeah a lot of people hated that shit and when I would read reviews that people were like hey just kill more people like we don't want all the dreamy shit it just made me want to put more of it in there yeah. so <laughs> I, I love the idea of a guy like trolling his audience before trolling was even a cool thing and right. by as a result making a way better show basically out when, of it when when they um, were paying more money to watch it on a box not their like not their right. computer not their TV or their PlayStation. Yeah, I like. Yeah, that I guess too. by like maybe the final season. I guess maybe HBO Go had. I don't know when. I don't even that think really so. Watched. Nah, dude, I would have had to been. When did it end? What year did it actually end? Two thousand seven. Yeah, I don't think it started gearing up to literally like two thousand nine. Like, there's moments in the final season where they reference like The Departed and something else that was a big two thousand six thing that I forget now. Another big movie. Anyways, it was great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think you should definitely do it at some point if for no other reason than there's a lot of reference points that are worth knowing and there's a lot of great moments and i just a consistently incredible performance from gandolfini and edie falco on top of everybody's great but the two of them just top-notch shit Hmm. they didn't win enough in emmys as far as i'm concerned and they each won multiple emmys but they still didn't get enough they probably should have won for every single season of that show that makes Uh, sense Great stuff. Loved it. Uh, I'll pause. Any TV for you? I finished Hannibal. Congrats. Yeah. Another cliffhanger. Okay. So it's left open-ended. So what I read was that they they left it, they they did what they did because they wanted to bring in Clarice Starling Uh into the fold on NBC. And that last season, dude, it gets really fucking cinematic and it gets like really, 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 really good in terms of just like the way it looks, the way it feels, mm-hmm. what you're living in. So that that's the main thing I had heard on the show was how like ridiculously stylized and, no and like good, gorgeous no it is for good. like a network show, right? Um, where people were like, "This might be the one of the best looking shows of all time," right? Like. And the yeah, thing I was but, worried so about, you're, that doesn't really kick in until season three. I mean, it, it, like always, it, but like I noticed, three was more. It more felt like a you could cut out if you cut out the breaks. It could be a giant mm-hmm. movie, and I got a little pissed because like they start throwing things in there that you love, and then like the third episode in the title, "Behold a Great Red Dragon." I was like, "Fuck yeah, they're doing Dollar Hide." Uh-huh. So I was stoked. I was on board. Everything was great. I love everything about it. 
from what I understand, I think that was like 14 or 15 when it's been like about five years, maybe since it went off, Mm -hmm. the guy who did it, they wanted to bring in Clarice Starling and they shopped it around and the people that were gonna probably do it. They, I don't think it was NBC. I think it was CBS. They were like, We've got our own Clarice Starling project I coming out. I remember this. So we don't think we want to do that. And the producers were like, that's cool. We wanted her in there, but it doesn't mean the, the Hannibal Will Graham story can't keep going. Because the way it ends, mm-hmm. you could at least come back and do one more. And everything I've read since, even up until like this, like the month of June, when it actually dropped on to Netflix, people were like, oh, does this mean Netflix is going to pick it up? And they said, you know, both... Um, Mads and, and Hugh Dancy are like on board. They want to come back. They want to reprise. They are. They just got to find the time to do it. And hopefully, by the time that they can get back to it with all that's going on, they'll have been able to have either done a deal with Netflix or take it somewhere else and say, "Let us do one more to wrap everything up and give like a concise four season long narrative of this Will Graham and and Hannibal Lecter story." Yeah. But I, I finished it finally, and I got I gave it a solid nine. Hell yeah! So that's on Netflix still, right? It is still on Netflix. Okay. Yes, well, I will have to check that out. I want to bring something up because I was re-listening to our most recent episode, and you told me that you watched. I know this much is true, but in making a joke about the title, we never actually talked about what you thought of it. No, I didn't watch it. I was making a joke. So you have not? Seen no, it. I have not. Okay, <laughs> sorry. See, to burst your bubble. on the watch list, it looked like you had... Maybe Mom went back and watched I the episode so. again. Probably. Because I, I seriously... I thought, oh, Gavin, I, I thought that was legit. And now I brought it up for nothing. Embarrassed myself. Oh, you could bring it up to podcast. say... You could bring it up to say, Mark Ruffalo still killing it. Absolutely. I did listen to Juliette Lewis on a podcast. I heard she was in it. I watched... I put it on my... Oh, I didn't put it on my list. Oh, good. I can. I watched California because of it. That's a movie rewatch, and now I'm like, oh, Juliet Lewis is California in it. Let me let me go. Let me go check it out. So right. I'll probably get to it soon. Because as soon as I done was the with Hannibal, I was like, I got to get on these movies, and I have a, a huge huge list. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, lay them on me. All right. Um, oh, let's see. Uh, I watched Eurovision. That's on my list. Okay. I'm going to take a wild guess and say that you liked it a heck of a lot more than I did. I gave it like a solid 8. <laughs> I'm more like a 5.5 on this one. I think it is definitely on the, uh, the no, no. lesser than. See, it gets a 5, but it gets a 3-point boost for Dan Stevens. Okay, Dan Stevens is fantastic. In it. Exactly. I will give you that, but I don't know if he's 3 points. All right, Great. fine. We'll shave it down because to 2.5, 7.5. I, I will concede a six, a gentleman's six, as, <laughs> they, gentleman's say on, six. as they say on Blank Check. Um, <laughs> here's my thing. It's way too long. Yes. It it needs a little bit of editing because yeah. there are bits that I definitely really liked in it. Right. But my main thing I came away from it with was I didn't, sometimes I don't want the earnestness. You know what I'm saying? Right. It played it so straight in terms of their relationship and wanting me to actually invest in like them as characters, Will Ferrell's relationship with Pierce Brosnan, his dad, which is great. I loved seeing him in there. But for me, it it almost had too much heart where right. I wanted it to be a little more flippant yeah. and like over the top and just like crazy and out there. And 
yeah, that's where it kind of lost me. And also, I thought the Volcano Man, the opening song, I was like, dude, if this is it, I'm on board. Right. I'm so there. Dan Stevens' first performance, pretty solid. He's great throughout it, but the songs themselves, I felt like they were just a real missed opportunity in terms of comedy. It was more sight gags and stage guffaws, etc. Yeah. Um, as opposed to like, have I, I kept thinking of pop star the whole time. Right. We'll talk about Palm Springs in a little bit, but um, I kept thinking of pop star, which is ninety minutes and just like, yeah, just gets in and out, and every little bit of the songs that you hear are just killers. And then you can go listen to them on the soundtrack in their full form, but the way they're actually incorporated into the movie is, it's great. And that's, I think, the like god tier for pop based parody Spat, satire. Yeah, pat, yeah. Exactly. and I get that, like Eurovision, that's a different style of music and a right. different vibe. But I really felt like it was a missed opportunity to make them just like really funny, either lyrically or just I don't know. No, I get it was your, a little yeah. lacking for me. Yeah, it was. Farrell was fun. I love Rachel McAdams doing comedy. Yeah, Anytime I think. She's, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And again, Brosnan, great. Oh my God. That's that's pretty much it, though. Other and then Dan Stevens, but right. really no other like highlight performances for me. Thought everybody was totally fine. Um, I did love how things played out with the like evil guy who was trying to get them it like destroy the chances for Iceland and everything. Oh yeah, the idea I liked of everybody all, dying on a boat. I thought yeah. it was hilarious. All of that stuff totally played. Yeah. Uh so you I mean, you could do worse, but if I'm being real, like it's it's on the the weak sauce side of things as far as feral comedies go, and as far as Netflix original comedies, I mean, I can't I'm hard-pressed to think of a lot of great ones, but Yeah. I mean, I guess you could do worse. Oh. Oh. TV. I did rewatch all of Chappelle's show. Oh, well, while you I had, had the Comedy Central yeah, thing. Yeah, I up. dipped back for a few episodes. Uh, I used it mainly to watch. We just finished Crawl Show shortly before right. you got over here. All three seasons of that. Uh, working on Detroiters and Review as well. I did like And then the, I'm going to cancel that. So if you want to watch any Comedy Central stuff, no, get I, on it. I did watch like the best Ron Funches on At Midnight because um, I love Ron Funches. He's all over Crawl Show, man. Yeah, I need yeah. to go check that out too. Um, what else? So... You want to piggyback on to Dan Stevens? I rewatched Colossal and the Guest. He's the boyfriend in Colossal. I forgot. I'm I, for like I, a split second. It's, yeah, it's Sudeikis. Yeah, and yeah. Halfway. but like both of those movies quite a bit. Uh, the Guest more so, but they're both good. Um, Seventy five hundred. Watch that. That's the JGL movie. Still haven't gotten to it. You're looking. And, okay, maybe we maybe we table that one. Maybe yeah. we do a little mini review in the future. You ever see Buried with Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. Okay, that level. Okay. I yeah. mean, I don't, I, I like Barry. I solid. did. No, no, I love Barry, but I don't, I, it's up for sale in my Mercari. I don't want to watch it again. It's too much. <laughs> okay. Like you to, got a claustrophobia thing. I got a like pretty people in, in trouble. Thing. <laughs> like I don't like it. It's, I really don't like when white people are in danger <laughs> no, or in foreign just, countries. Um, it really, really scares me. No, <laughs> which is why I watched, um, uh, brick mansions. No, wait, that's in, uh, that's in Detroit. Never mind. Yeah. I wanted to watch the D the D thirteen like French ones they came from, but I was like, Oh, Paul Walker and I forgot that it came out after he passed and so they had like a tribute for him and I was like, Damn it, man. Alright, it's gonna be a fucked up segue, but I mean you're talking about 
someone who's passed on. Do you want to hit the ocean of celebrity deaths that have happened since we last recorded? Yeah, we can. You got a list up? Because I, 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 I lost track. I, well, let's just see which ones we can remember. Carl Reiner's a huge one. Yes. Um, big long life. You know, not oh, like yeah. a super sad one, but just uh, our our cousin Matt had a great post about how integral he was to the, the trajectory of comedy in general. Yeah. I don't know if you listen to him. They have a lot of great guests. I think you'll love Gilbert Gottfried's podcast. They I, replayed I the episode. I dip in and out. Yeah, I should go back and listen to that one. Yeah, but that was a nice one to listen to him talk. He was the way he talked about his son mm-hmm. was beautiful. I was like, oh, I did. This guy really fucking loves his kid, man. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I, I wish I could just be a fly on the wall with him and Mel Brooks. Oh my like, god, dude, out. are you kidding yeah. me? So, uh. <sighs> Most recently, I, the Kelly Preston thing I didn't see for a while. It was like what, buried in my news. What happened like two days ago? I know, but what, the day it happened, oh, like yeah. you think I—I I mean, that just shows you how much shit is going on. But like, I didn't hear about it until like right. hours into my news scroll. Basically, right. uh, that yeah, that was out of shocker. Nowhere. I had no idea. Out of nowhere, yeah. Um, the guy from uh, MythBusters. That just happened? Yeah. yeah. He had an aneurysm. That scares the shit out of me, dude. That's dude, the that... number one thing I'm scared of in life. Me too, brother. Okay, we good. I'm some... glad we have that. We've got something in Syner- Synergy. <laughs> Which um, is funny. Synergy is the name of like our record-keeping thing. Uh, oh, yeah. And our new our new software works. Every time I have to go, like look something up, I'm like, oh, Synergy. <laughs> Which is oh. a gym and the whatever joke, right? Isn't Synergy the name of the gym computer or whatever? And Jim and the hologram. What are we Holog- talking? Jim and the hologram. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I believe so. Right. And, I, and yeah, I watched that after Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when we lived in Japan on Stars all Asia all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> didn't didn't watch that movie that they did though. No, I didn't even know they did a movie. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, hard reboot, I believe. Ooh. Shit. Sorry, I wanted to ask you this earlier. I'm noticing it looks like you've been to a barber. Yes. Recently. I'm curious about this because I haven't been myself. Uh, Listen, my my girlfriend's been keeping me trim on the back. My, my main question, do you keep a mask on the whole time and how do you do the ears? That's that's my question. Put your hand on your face. Uh huh. You unloop it. You hold it there. You know, but you're not her. supposed to touch the mask. Yeah, I know. But if you, if you lather up <laughs> lather up in the hand sanitizer beforehand, maybe dip, dip your hands in the barbicide a little bit, you know, where, yeah. the, where the clean brushes are or combs are. Get a little bit of that, just throw it on there. Hold yes, it. which, you know, all... Now listen, all, the only reason I went... All hairdressers have handy. Yeah, well, the only reason I went to Great Clips is because I read an article that somewhere in middle America, two barbers, women that worked at Great Clips... They infected each other. No, 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 they both had COVID-19. They saw over 400 people, and no one else got yes. sick because everyone wore a fucking mask. Exactly, and but they that, and the reason both of them had it is they infected each other. Why? Because they didn't have masks on when nobody was in the shop, and they were just interacting with each other. Right. So be careful, even around your friends, you people who like to gather in. We're gonna in large groups. We're gonna do okay. it. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna find out which one of us is the thing. <laughs> okay. Speaking of that, remind me. I got some dope stuff to show you that I'm looking at. Oh yeah. You know what that reminds me is like I I got off track with the whole Flashback Fridays thing. Mm-hmm. It just reminded me because the thing kicked it off and uh, maybe we hadn't maybe done I one since. This. Maybe we get back on. No, I did. A, I did right. two afterwards, and then, yeah. then the world got even wilder, Crazier. even wilder, and uh, yeah, we got a little off track for a bit. So, um, 
Where you said you had this laundry list, man? Where are you at? Oh, what? Are we done with celebrity deaths? Oh, I yeah, we were supposed to be doing that. You were mentioning some some earlier. Um. Well, those were like a long time oh, ago. You, you mean tell my that you you didn't know Kenny, that Kenny Rogers had died? No, I I right found on. out he died. Oh. I didn't know he had died because, because it was on the heels of Kobe. And then we were talking about how that was earlier this year. Yeah, which seems insane that that happened before all of this. Uh, you got a list? Um, they found that that girl from Glee. They found her in the Naya lake. Rivera. That's another sucked. extremely sad story. That, uh. Lisa, uh, Lisa Marie's son. Yeah. That yeah. We don't have. I mean, I don't know why we decided to do this. Because you brought up Paul Walker. Let's let's dig out of this. James Vanderbeek's mom. What? Yeah. COVID seventy. Oh. Okay. All right. It's a rough year, dude. This fucking sucks, yeah. man. Let's not start playing this game. No. Okay. Any sex scandals? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I got nothing for you on that okay. front this week. Nobody got. They, uh, we, we were talking. They arrested Glenn Maxwell. That's great. Yeah, she pleaded not guilty. We'll, Hope she stays alive to we'll to get happens. to trial. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah, about we'll it. We'll see. Um, All right, laundry list. You want to go back to it? I'm gonna hit you uh, well, with some I, quick. Well, ones. We do have movie news. If you want to do that, yeah, we can do. We can we, do that. We're jumping all around. Whatever. Yeah. Big news on our front. Which you know, is everybody everybody was like, Where's where's Tenet going? What what's it doing? That's gonna determine the wave for what's gonna happen with theaters. But Halloween Kills yeah. decided to push a full year from their October date. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, if the forecast they're getting is that like there's no conceivable way that people are gonna have a normal theatrical experience, even by late mid to late October, presumably, when it was gonna come out. I don't think we're going to a theater for at least another year. Solid. You see what? Here's my thing, though. I think, I think even if they didn't put it in theaters and they put it out on VOD or in limited theaters because of like those couple states that there's like nobody with COVID nineteen. I think even on VOD, it would, pun intended, it would kill and make a lot of money. But I know how Bloom does what he does, and. If it doesn't go to theaters to make that big chunk of money, it doesn't look like a hit because he didn't spend a lot on it. Right. So you're and if in you this remember, case, this is the sequel to one of the highest grossing horror movies of all time. Exactly. One of the top five highest grossing horror movies of exactly. all time. Exactly. So yeah, there is a lot riding on it for them in terms of like they've already promised this is a tight trilogy. They're mm-hmm. building the hype around it. Presumably you're gonna catch even more people who like yeah, I was skeptical. I heard they were doing a new one. I didn't go see it in theaters and caught it on HBO in the interim and are now going to be excited for the next one. Yeah. So I would presume it's the forecast was for it to be even bigger financially and not being able to give it that full push and actually rely on people being able to go see it. I, I totally get it. Plus, now, I don't mind this. The few things like the few things that I don't, I mean, I don't know if they were going to hit theaters or not, but the few things that I've, I've seen come to VOD, I'm like, okay, great. But something like a Halloween and a tent, like you got to see it in theaters. It's And that is why my proposal is that Christopher Nolan sticks to that date, but here's what he does. He releases it. In Taiwan. In, in all of these countries that have gotten their shit together and he holds it over our head. And he basically, he sets the number. And he's like, once you get it below this, I'll give you tenant. 
you people are allowed tenant in the U.S., but not until you get your shit together. And maybe that's what everybody needs. Maybe that's what will bring no, no, everyone I together. I got, I got it. He gets the film. We got to do it for Nolan, guys. Yeah. Got to do it for Nolan. He gets the film, and he either takes a boat or gets a rich person to fly him back to England. He's like, hey, I can't travel. Can't bring the film back. Oh, mm-hmm. well, Donald, you got to lift this band. And by the way, even if I can, I'm not coming back until the number is this. Yeah. Okay. Or you got somebody with a vaccine or uh, immunization thing to it. Let's get this shit going. Okay? It's been long enough. We all want to see John David Washington doing shit in reverse. Okay? We all want to see it. Everybody. Maybe that's the secret to unlocking the, the mystery behind COVID-19. If we can watch that in reverse, we can gleam something and reverse engineer our own vaccine. It's possible. Anything can happen. So, Christopher Nolan, if you're listening, I think... That is the strategy that might save us all. You made a movie about trying to save humanity. This is a lot less complicated than Interstellar, which I kind of, I don't even really remember what happens in the third act. But uh, he falls through the through time and space in the fourth dimension. And you're, oh, he was the one in the, in the, in the, the thing all along. Yeah. Trying to talk to his daughter. Because at the end, most space stuff is like about your kids. Did I ever right? tell you this story? What? So the whole bookshelf thing. Mm-hmm. Um it didn't click for me until the second time because because of the people I was going with who shall remain nameless. Are they your friends? Uh, yeah. Were they not being very friendly that day? Uh, they were delaying us and we missed all of the trailers and the first five minutes of the movie. So the whole setup of the bookcase in the opening credits was lost on me. So I had no idea what the hell was going on when we got to the big ending. And everybody else is having this emotional catharsis. And I was like, I was crying earlier when he was watching his kids grow up. Oh, yeah. But I, I don't, I what? What's going on with the bookcase? This looks cool. It looks very 2001, but like more serious, oddly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird to say. But, uh, yeah. Well, that reminds me of like the time that I, I came in late to us and didn't get the setup for that, but was still deeply terrified it's crazy how many movies when you actually look back on it it's like dude if you if you miss the first five minutes it really doesn't play it's like any episode of seinfeld which if you is, don't watch the first five minutes none of the jokes make sense you wh- can't come in midway through unless you've seen it before which is funny because i did listen to inside psycho on wondery and i they did a whole bit when the thing came out about how like nobody would be admitted into the theater yes you must see psycho from the beginning to the end it's the only way it can be seen i was like wow how (laughs) would people do that the exorcist one the exorcist one he did was pretty good too Mm -hmm. Um, i did listen to that i did not listen to the psycho one okay all right I still keep, got a bunch to go, man. Keep man. going, I'm listening. All right, I got a, <laughs> I got, I got a Zero Dark Thirty as a rewatch. Okay. Got Only God Forgives as a rewatch. Okay. And Only God Forgives came on after Guns Akimbo. I don't know how that worked out on Prime. Oh, and you just you just do whatever Prime tells you? It started playing. I was like, what is this? And I was like, oh, wait a minute, right? You I know, know what? some of these people. You know what? I know this vibe. You know what? I'm just going gonna, gonna to sit here. I'm going to give it a minute. Score. And I'm watching. I'm like, this is pretty. I'm just going to watch this. And I'm just, I didn't do anything else the rest it's, of the night. It's a quick one, too. I it love is quick. The, I love the mean little stylized movies like that, and I've mentioned it before, but um, You Were Never Really Here is a movie I will periodically just wake up on like a Sunday morning before my girlfriend's up or if she's doing something else, and I'll just crank it out because it's like an hour and a half, and I always do kind of question, like, why are you doing this to yourself again? But that movie's a fucking masterpiece. Dude, no. So. I, left, I left the other day. I left mom and dad's. I just went on Sunday. I got a little sunburn. 
And uh, Dad's doing fine after surgery, by the way. I'm sure you know that. Yes. Mom's just like randomly putting the Joker on for no reason. She's like, this is my third time. I'm like, okay. I think I've seen it three times too, Mom. She she can't. I don't think I've ever gotten her to watch The Master or like some other more like, hey, Mom, have you seen this this version of Joaquin? Mm -hmm. But uh, more on that later. Continue. Sorry, I'll stop cutting you off. Mom and Dad. Nick Cage and Selma Blair. Yeah. I thought it was fun. It was good. I enjoyed it. You're a little late to the party, man. A little bit. That was the year of Mandy. Right. Didn't do the twofer? You know what? I started watching it when it was on Prime. Because now it's on Shudder had it. Somebody Shudder, yeah. And I was like, this is dope. And I fell asleep right as, like, the parents were coming to school. And I was like, this is bad shit. Crazy. And I remember being like, wait a minute. Lance Henriksen is in this movie. They showed him in the... Oh, I know what's going to happen. Grandpa, Grandpa. Yeah. That's dope. It was good stuff. Um... I watched Booksmart. Yeah, probably Late like to the party on that. I one, fucking love. You, so you just got Hulu? Is that what happened? You told me to you get Hulu it. to watch something, and I oh, watched yeah. to watch Palm Springs, and I did, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Right. There's a ton of movies on Hulu. You um, enjoyed Booksmart. I enjoyed Booksmart. It's a good time. For mm-hmm. I watched a little indie one called Right at Your Door. Super fun. Uh, Rory Cochran. Yes. From uh, Days and Confused. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Super fucked up. Watched it when it came out, believe it or not. Really? Back in, yeah, back in the day days. That's like, what, 20? That's like... I don't know when it was. I didn't catch the year. Yeah, like 2006 or something? Yeah. I didn't look new, that's but like I also a, didn't look old. rented it from Blockbuster, because I gotta see every... I think maybe that's a Magnolia release or I something. I don't so. know who had it, but... Uh, right at your door? I'm really interested for you to tell Dude, me what, I, I what year it I've is. I've seen it one time. 2006. I fucking called. I literally didn't. I just say. Yeah, you did like say 2006. 2006. Yeah, good job. It's wow. crazy. That ending was fucked. Yeah, that's on Prime. Uh, no, it's on Hulu. It's well, it's also on Prime. Really? Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, Roy Cochran underrated. I'd like to see more of him. He got a little. He got a little bit of play in Black Mass, if you remember. Mm-hmm. He was his right hand. Um, but that was like the most I feel like he's gotten to do in a long time. But he's the lead in there. And, right. Yeah. One last one. Sullivan. All right. Finally did it. It's my new favorite. Fantastical Florida Tale. Okay. The Beach Bum. Oh, okay. All right. Did not know it was by the same guy who made Spring Breakers. Did not know that going in. How, how could you not? But I okay. didn't know. I had no... I don't... Again, I don't pay attention to the stuff like that. Unless it's like a big name. I mean, not to say he's not a big name, but like unless it's somebody I, mean, I know... He's, he, in certain circles, he's sure, huge. but no, yeah, but no, he's not. I would, you know, I just want him to stay in either. Florida. I just want all these stories about Florida from him. I don't <laughs> right. know what it is that he likes about Florida. He's fascinated by it. But that fucking people. that movie, dude, is so. So you, fucking... but you've never seen like Trash Humpers or Gummo or I watched <laughs> any, of the, any of his like truly. I watched indie. Kids a long time ago. Now Kids, he did. That's he's involved with it, but that's not. Directive. That's Larry direct Clark. It? If I remember that's correctly, that's right. That's somebody different. Yeah. I, do, I don't know that was the uh, name. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's in that circle essentially. That style of indie film, very very confrontational, very in your face. So you love the Beach Bum? I fucking. Love I, here's the thing. Maybe I need to give it another shot. I was. I thought like going in. I was like, dude. I think Spring Breakers is a fucking masterpiece. Yes. I absolutely love it. I think it's one of the. I best swear to God, that's the, the same house. Day. Yeah. The house he lives at has got to be the same house that they go to at the probably end. Probably, or another one right on that side. Right on the street, yeah. Down the street but, from Michael Bay, matter of I fact. I mean, I loved all of the cameos. I loved the sun-drenched vibe and everything. 
I just and normally I totally gravitate towards a movie that's just like there's not really a lot of plot Low here. Stakes, it's just, just character. Chilling, yeah. yeah. I norm and maybe it's just I wasn't vibing with it on the particular night because I was going into it like, dude, it's gonna be one of my favorites of the year. And didn't hit me. and then I've heard a lot of people that are just like, dude, fucking beach bum, like loved it. And I was just like I felt really lukewarm on it. And I don't I don't know what I was expecting. I know why though. But, I know why you haven't. Okay. You haven't experienced that side of Florida. Okay. Let me tell you, you know what we call guys like McConaughey walking around like that out where we see them? We call them potatoes because they got so much sunburn, suntan, they look like a baked potato. Okay. So we just go, that's our joke when we go to Florida. Hopefully, I'm still going to go in a couple months. So I've seen that dude. Veronica calls them hot dogs. Hot, but yeah, same thing. <laughs> but I've seen that dude. Right. I know that dude. I've seen that dude at literally every place we've gone out to, even like outside the Cheetah Club. Yeah. Or the Cheetah Lounge when we go there. There's the that, that, There's that dude. So I loved it for the idea of what if that dude was a brilliant fucking poet and was rich and just was fucking off because like he's just living life, dude. He's just there to do things. And when like the shit was going down and Stoops like, yo, get my seaplane, get my Rasta, <laughs> put the drugs in it, let's go. And he's like, well, I, I'm illegally blind. I smoke the ganja. I get a pound of Colombian coca. I see everything. It's like, I don't know what you said, man, but just what you say it was good. Let's go. Like, it's just like fucking perfect, man. And it's just, and he's Efron out of nowhere, dude. He's great in it. Again, I, I enjoyed a lot of it, but I did not, I was not enthusiastic about it for whatever reason. I I don't think, I I didn't think it was bad at the same time. I just, I went into it like, I'm going to love this. And maybe I had, maybe I had too high of expectations. And see, like I kept, when it was, I didn't look at anything about it before. I mean, I knew it was out, I knew what it was, but. When it popped up, and I was like, wait a minute. The motherfucker who made Spring Breakers just gave me this beautiful gift? Mm-hmm. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, yeah, this is it's definitely, if I was making a Gavin movie list. I should have known. I, I kind of already assumed that you had seen it, and we just missed talking about it last year. No, Two I, years I didn't ago? catch it. Because it came out, when it came out, it was like on VOD, and it cost. And then I just, it, and honestly, dude, if it wasn't on Hulu, and I hadn't stumbled across it, I probably wouldn't have caught it when I did because it's not. It wasn't one I was like, I gotta watch this. It was like, yeah. you know and what? I haven't seen thing, it. It's I new. Want, Why not? I wanted to have the theatrical experience with it, but it only played for a week down here, so right. I never got to catch it. And then maybe that's part of it too. Okay, I would. I definitely like you said um, though. I would not recommend it to mom. Speaking, I kept the Jimmy Buffett out of it. She might have. Uh, she, she might have just watched it on her own. I I don't know. Every once in a while, I get a text that's like, yeah. So I watched. Well, let's sub in the beach bum here but i watched the beach bum didn't know what to make of that one yeah. <laughs> like i'll get those every once in a while Me so too. um and then the only one i have uh the only other two i had on my list were um southland tales and palm springs well there you go uh palm springs we will do basically a super mini review which is to say it's one of my favorite comedies in recent memory yes I think it's an instant classic. I think it's one of those I'm going to be watching like once a year. If you don't know much about it, all we will say is Andy Samberg is in it. It is produced by The Lonely Island. You also have, it's Christy Christy Milotti? Yeah, I think that's her name. Um, I may be fucking that up. Sorry if I I am. Um, It is a romantic comedy 
with a sci-fi twist. And that's literally all I would say. I, w- I would say don't even watch a trailer. You don't even need to look at a description. Yeah, that's let what you, un- sent me. you sent let me. Let it unfold for you. Yes, if you if you don't have any awareness. And if you've heard people talking about it, go watch it now so you don't have it spoiled for you. That's the main thing. Like, we don't want to do a full-on review because it's one of those. You just kind of got to experience. And comedies are also pretty tough to talk about most of the time where it's just like this was really funny and this was really funny but there's a lot of great stuff in it maybe in like a week or two yeah we can we'll, come back and we'll talk, talk about a little in more depth. in depth maybe at the end of this episode we hit some spoilers but we both loved it uh also that gets a co-sign from mr sunshine mayfield as well so that would be a staff pick for this right, month definitely. if you have hulu and if you don't great time to do a free trial for right, sure yeah and while you're at it check out devs and normal people which are on hulu and are two of the best shows of the year um, I do His have name was Officer Roland Taffner. We, we can't go there quite yet. What I do you have do you one have? more I All want right. to mention. What do you got? Uh, this might be a little bit of a tough recommend for some people. I don't know. It's it's fifteen bucks right now. It is First Cow, uh, the latest from Kelly Reichert, who did Wendy and Lucy, Meeks Cutoff. Night Moves, not the Gene Hackman one. The other one, the Eisenberg. Uh, who else is in there? Oh, I needed to tell you. I can't put them on my list, but they will be on future lists. The Art of Self-Defense. I started, fell asleep. Got a oh, good bit. I got through the ending of Vice and then realized, wait a minute, there's another like hour or so left of this movie. What the fuck am I doing? And then realized, <laughs> oh my God, this is the best thing I've seen. And... I I want to rewatch it again before I talk to you about it because I, but I don't want to put it on my list because like I want to have just a discussion about Vice on our own because I oh, think it's okay. fucking I don't know we didn't talk about it no we didn't and I don't know if it got any recognition that I think it should have it got a bunch of noms but okay you know I guess that is recognition but like <laughs> I thought it was fucking I thought it was fucking um, perfect I I would be real willing to rewatch it. And may possibly reassess. I think he's great in it. Yes. I think the structure and the screenplay overall are. I, I have some issues. Right. But it would definitely be worth talking about. Maybe revisiting. I don't know. Uh, okay. Anyways, first cow. I, I don't think you've seen any of her other movies. It's uh, it's basically a movie about capitalism set in the like early eighteen hundreds. Uh, centered around two guys. Uh who come together and form an entrepreneurship essentially selling biscuits to a bunch of like miners and, and workers out in the woods. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the core of it. And, and things go awry and develop from there. But, uh, I don't want check it out. The trailer does it. It's a hard movie to sell. It's weird. Uh, but it's going to cost me 15 bucks. I would say you probably should wait on it, but I will also say it is the third best movie I've seen this year, and I thought it was incredible. It is very slow-paced, it's incredibly well-acted, and it's one of those that like just kind of subtly reveals what it's actually about, mm-hmm. and then by the time the credits literally roll, I was completely wrecked by it and did not expect to be at all. Okay, did, it, is it, did she make that movie called A, a Text Would Be Nice? Oh, I did this separately because I did not want to charge a full movie to the account. I paid for this on my own on PlayStation Store. Oh, excuse me. But I own it, so... Let me get that login. Yeah, I guess I could give you my 
log in as you on PlayStation and watch it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I got some other movies on there. Too. Or you can invite me down for longer than a night. I can like hang out and maybe we watch a movie together. Yeah. We haven't done that in years. Yeah. We watch them together all the time, just not in the same place. That's true. Well, yeah. I'll see. I'll see if I can coordinate that with well, that's the roommate. The, no, that's <laughs> what I'm, I'm that. just. That's what I'm saying. Like that's what people don't know is that we 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 call each other and synchronize our watches when we do these rewatches. So we're watching <laughs> them at the same time. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't keep that. Going. We really should. Should try that sometime. That would be fun. Long distance rewatch. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, first cow's excellent, but yeah, fifteen bucks might be a little steep for some people right now. When it drops, is you know six ninety nine. A couple weeks from now, maybe check it out. Yeah. It's an A twenty four release. If that's a selling point for you, done, done deal. There I'm you go. It. I just should have just led with that. Mm-hmm. I should have just been like, hey, it's the latest A twenty four. Fucking check it out. It's now first you know. cow. Yeah. All right. We should definitely. You should watch Meek's Cutoff at some point. What's that about? It's uh, kind of like Oregon Trail, the movie. <laughs> but like the indie, dark, fucked up version that's more about like what women had to go through in those times. Did this lady do the Nightingale? No. That's okay. uh, Jennifer Kent, who is incredible. Okay. Uh, no, that's Babadook. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no. Uh, all right. Shall we? Shall we? Grab a six-pack, head down to the boardwalk, see what's going on with the neo-Marxists. Yeah. <laughs> you know why we should? July 4th weekend. Do you know why we should, Noah? Why is that? Because teen horniness is not, not a crime. crime. <laughs> um, yeah. I do not even know where We're the fuck We're a bisexual be. nation living in denial. The All word. because of a bunch of nerds. The a bunch of nerds <laughs> who got off a boat in the, 14th, or the 15th century and decided that sex was something to be ashamed of. I mean, all the pilgrims did was ruin the Native American orgy of freedom. Indian orgy of freedom. Native, sorry. Yes. I don't know if she said Native the American. Native American Indian, Indian orgy of freedom. Yes, of freedom. I'm going to tell you the story of the journey down the road not taken. This is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends. Sorted tales of how it all came crashing down. This is an epic Los Angeles crime saga. And you're researching your role? Yes. It takes place in the near future. Scientists are saying the future is going to be far more futuristic than they originally predicted. You're gonna have to wear a bulletproof vest. Let's talk about your phone. What's it really about? Don't look so scared, Mr. Santeros. The future is just like you imagine. Someone must be hiding it. It's like the nervous breakdown of the century. Nothing that a killer, a porn star, and a tattoo parlor can't handle. (laughs) It is time for a surgical strike. Don't commit suicide. Ah! 
this way. a lot less violence in the world if everyone just got a little more cardio yeah i don't know where you want to start i I, th I would love to talk about the history of this movie and our histories with it individually separately and then lead into basically what you thought of it on this rewatch okay for the unfamiliar the uninitiated yes southland tales is the follow-up film to one of the greatest debuts ever one of the most sensational indie movies of its time, the definition of a cult movie, a movie called Donnie Darko. Right. Okay. Uh, it, of course, had the unfortunate uh, timing of coming out right after 9-11. <laughs> um, right. And pretty much tanked at the box office and subsequently became a huge cult movie. An early kind of like kickoff point for Jake Gyllenhaal. And let's say this, because it involved a plane and a plane engine, I think that did the detriment I, of it. I mean, yeah, that was implied. Okay. Yes. <laughs> if you weren't, it, I'm just giving the uninitiated a little bit more yeah. of a background to it. So it, it had a charmed path towards production and then was completely fucked on its release, essentially. But eventually it found an audience. And about five years later... We finally get, and I had been, I had heard Southland Tales was brewing. I'd heard it was coming. I'd heard, oh, it played at Cannes and people hated it. Yes. I remember that. That was the initial thing. God, and I was, was like, like all oh. right. Cause I, at this point in my film watching life, I'm like, all right, this is what I'm about. I'm about the shit that nobody else gets, man. I like fucking Lynch. I like it weird. Give me the weird shit. Okay. So I, I'm excited by that A little context. He submitted it, thinking like, "Oh, with their neck." He he was barely barely started on the editing process, but he submitted it thinking like, "They're never gonna let me into this. I'm just gonna send them what I got, and they can take a look at it, you know, mm -hmm. whatever." And they put him in, and it was like, "Well, shit! Now I can either rush job the edit or whatever." So the version people saw was about forty five minutes longer. It had uh, unfinished visual effects in it, etc. So it's like. I mean, that on top of all of the other things that this movie's trying to accomplish, I can't imagine watching it with, like, most of the visual effects non-existent or uncompleted because yeah. they are so much of what helps with the world building. Okay, so it has kind of a disastrous premiere there. So the story on it when it's coming out is like, it's not good, man. He tanked. He, he choked. Sophomore slump. You know, what mm -hmm. are you going to do? What are you going to do? Doesn't play in theaters near us in our small little town nope. in South Carolina. So eventually, it's a blockbuster rental. Mm -hmm. I guess this would have been early 2007? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Um, at the time, I'm actually writing for my school newspaper. And by writing, I mean we really had carte blanche to do whatever we wanted to. It was the first year that the newspaper was back at the school. So they were kind of just figuring it out. And so I was basically able to carve out like, hey, can I do two pages of just entertainment, just movie reviews, albums, etc. And I need to find these old issues because oh, I definitely yeah. reviewed Southland Tales. And I remember distinctly at the time, I think I gave it like a three or a three and a half on a five star scale. Possibly. See, my English teacher did the same thing at USC Sumter. I think he got 
money because he like he used to like for film and media like they gave him a little bit of a budget Mm -hmm. so a lot of times people would like buy the movies but like he also i think he reviewed for like the florence newspaper but i remember him being like oh yeah i got 15 bucks to go watch southland tales i'm going i'm like fucking lucky bastard like i don't you know Uh, yeah this was all of my again i suggested the section i asked for more pages and all of this was stuff that i was either going to see or not but it was one of the best movie years ever to be doing this in. I yeah. reviewed No Country for Old Men. Oh, yeah. There Will Be Blood, Michael Clayton, Juno, Once. There's a bunch of other ones in there. Mm-hmm. I need to find these issues. They are somewhere in the house. I know Mom saves that stuff. I would. That would be great to read back through those and Dude, see it's how probably dumb in I that, sound. It's probably in that thing I found that had a bunch of your comics and it's in my room. We should definitely, definitely check that out. We need out. to pick a weekend and go back there and just raid that house where all the old stuff for we sure. had. So, that being said, I I remember at the time, upon first viewing, again, I'm probably 16, 15, 16, 16 yeah. uh, thinking, okay, this is out there, but I like out there. I don't know if all of this hangs together, but like I dig it. I like that it's funny i think it's supposed to be funny is it supposed to be funny oh maybe donnie darko was funny right that's kind of you know in a weird dark little yeah, way yeah, it's yeah like if i look at it through that lens then yeah this is kind of a comedy and all right this was kind of like i know he's trying to talk about bush a little bit but like the delay is on this so like he's kind of comment doing commentary on like the war that we started in 2003 mm-hmm. but now it's 2006 like does this weird future version of 2008, like, does this feel like, nah, I don't know, this is where we're headed, whatever. Is it too political? Is it too this? Is it too that? Right. Okay. Somewhere around my fifth or sixth rewatch after that, uh, which is probably, I'm probably in college by that time, I just kind of dawns on me where I'm, I think this is better than Donnie Darko. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine it was probably around the time that the box was coming out right. that I probably started to reassess and revisit. And Darko's one of those I watch every October. Sometimes it's my, you know, I always do The Shining. I always do Halloween. And sometimes I love that little, like, magic hour after that. If it's, like, 2 in the morning, you're still on the cusp. Technically, it's November 1st, but you don't know. I like to throw on Darko if I haven't already watched it in the month of October because mm-hmm. you got the Halloween connection. And you do director's cut or you do the original? I... Honestly, I alternate because they are actually vastly different experiences. Right. The music cues are different. That, it's yeah. literally like whatever mood I'm in or whatever disc I have handy. Right. Um, I will say I think I prefer the theatrical cut, weirdly, because I just it's so ingrained in my brain because I saw it that way for yeah, so too. long before I ever saw the director's cut. Um this is a case where, of course, there apparently exists material, and he's, for years, even as recently as last year when there was an anniversary, um, or maybe, was that earlier this year? There was an anniversary screening. Um, it would have been 15 and 2000. If it came out in 2007, this would be its 13-year anniversary? Yeah, so two more years till it's 15. Yeah, I think they were commemorating 13, though. Weird. There was some kind of special thing with it recently, and there was a lot of renewed conversation. He basically stated, like, this is still my favorite thing I've ever done. I think it's the most complete Maybe in it terms was 2017, of me. and it was a 10-year. 
that would make a lot more sense. Yeah. But it feels like there was something more recently that I read. Probably should have researched this further before we dove in. But all I did for this one was I, I rewatched it yet again. Yeah. Uh, on Blu-ray. So I will. Before I kick it to you, I'm sorry. Around college is when I finally pick up the graphic novel, the first three chapters of this story, and everything like fully clicks. And that's also around the time that I get my very good friend, Baron Williams, completely obsessed with it. And I think it remains one of our shared favorite movies between the two of us. I really wanted to try and get him on here. May try and do some bonus content at some point if if he can get a setup in his tattoo shop possibly to record. That'd be cool. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, but he loves it. And then it, we kind of went back and forth with like, dude, but what about this? And like, what do you think this is all about? Theory? And that's the thing that we eventually kind of came to. And you don't need the graphic novel to get to this, but the movie's really not that complicated. It overwhelms you with it does a with lot of stuff, but front. it rewards rewatches. And right. w- and when you start to see the whole shape of the thing, it really is a really fucked up, weird Swiss watch of a movie. It feels big and sprawling, and like you're gonna lose the thread at any point. And there's so many characters, but it's very easy to like thread once the you've seen back, it a couple times it. to see how everything and the way he's what stories he's cutting from moment to moment. And how they, it all fits together. Mm-hmm. And I think it really is masterfully done. And I think it has aged like a fine wine, considering the times we are now currently living in. So I think it would be interesting to explore where this sat maybe then in terms of commentary. And then where it sits now and how much is like relevant to today. What's aged well, what hasn't. Now, we'll do a rewind. We'll go ten minutes back in time, sir. And you, you give me your history. What's the, did you see it when it first released? Or I... were you a little late to the party on this one? Because this was at a time when you and I, we were very much on our own wavelengths movie-wise. We weren't sharing a lot of picks. Right. We weren't going to see stuff together. We weren't really talking to each other about what we were watching. Probably because it was a ton of stuff, like, all at once. Uh, but I definitely don't remember, like, talking to you about it. This was... This was a friend group movie for sure. Right. So this would have come out after my summer of 2007, which is like my my dream. But like, this is the last year that you're in. The last time I was any fucking good at all. Yeah, dude. <laughs> last time I felt immortal. I was 19. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I had spent a whole summer parking cars and hanging out with my friends every night. Uh, it was beautiful. I tell people all the time, if they let you, if you die and they let you repeat a time frame, I would repeat from the time I got out of high school until the time you moved out of the apartment we lived in on repeat for the, the, the rest of eternity just because of the fun of everything I did there. And I'd do everything over the same thing. Um, I don't remember, I don't know if I was able to see it in the theater, I don't remember ever watching the theater. I don't think I went anywhere for it. I think I just caught it. it de- I mean, it definitely did not play anywhere near us. Well, I know, it was like on I my said, radar. I, I know it came to a theater somewhere because I know my, at this point, this is my English teacher. Because, you know, I'm, I would have been in, I think I actually would have been in film, would have been in film, film media, like film studies with him that semester. Uh-huh. So, 
because I know he made a big deal about pimps don't commit suicide. That was the thing Dr. Kunkka said all the time. Uh-huh. He loved it. <laughs> so I don't think I actually saw it until like probably by myself. I may have rented it, whatever. And the first time I watched it, I remember being like, huh, this is interesting. It's not Donnie Darko, but it's yeah. all right. And then that kind of being and it. Kind of dismissing it for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, at that point, you understand, I'm coming off a summer of one of the best Bay experiences I've ever had. Fucking Transformers with all my buds. Yeah. So I'm like, there's not much that's going to compare to like a thrilling experience unless it's going to be some kind of like indie out of nowhere that I catch that's just like, oh shit, this is crazy. Or like an old movie I find out about that just blows my mind and I can't believe I've ever seen it. That's, mm-hmm. that's the only thing that's going to top the summer movie experience I just had. And then... I want to say I watched it like two or three times over there. When actually, matter of fact, when Billy McMillan started working at the Val- at the Valley, like place I worked at, like maybe a, six months to a year later, mm-hmm. he and I really dug on it. And I was like, dude, I gotta rewatch that. And like talking to him about it, rewatching, I was like, dude, this thing is like way fucking better than I remember. Yeah. And we kind of got into that mode of like, well, could it be? What could it be? All this, this, and that. And again. When that happens, we're in 08, and we're gearing up for the 08 election. Right. And that's kind of reframing me watching it and being like, well, this is what we kind of thought was going on in 06. Like, we, we, because I remember, like, in 04, I remember people, like, finding out how old people were. Because there were people who I thought were like my peers that I realized were actually way older than me. Because they were complaining about, like, having to wait to vote for John Kerry. And mm-hmm. I was like, fuck, you can vote? And they're like, yeah. Like, how old are you? 22? The fuck? You know? <laughs> right. Like, I remember, specifically, I remember Carl Goodwin um, used to be do uh, piercings at Heat Street. I remember him talking about, like, frustrated because he was working and wanted to go vote. And I'm like, how are you able to vote? Like, you're older? I just, I had no idea he was older than I was. Right. Um, so coming off of, like, 2004 and all that, I don't know how much all that with the election and all that then influenced it. But watching that under today's context, there's so much shit that it's just like, holy fuck. I feel like back then it it probably, and this is why it maybe wasn't as successful, like in general with people, it kind of on the surface level comes off as like a liberal nightmare or something. Like this is the dark version of where we might be headed eventually. Right. And I think what's great about that is, at the end of the day, the entire movie, in its absurdity, shows how fucked up, fundamentally, both sides are. Right. Like, the far extreme of the neo-Marxists, and then whatever version, like, what honestly seems like a quaint version of conservatism yeah. by today's standards, which is so sad. Dude, and part of that, so, dude. part of that is Holmes Osborne as like, why did they never just let him play Bush? Like, yes. just flat out let him play Bush. Yes. But Holmes Osborne as Bobby Frost, Senator Bobby Frost, yes, is incredible. We have so many ways we can approach this. We could do a scene by scene. The movie is two hours and 20 minutes long. We might be here a while. We can talk character by character. We can talk big arcs. We can talk just about how you think this relates to today and like hit beats as we go 
however you want to approach it. I am game. I just want I wanted to chat about this movie because it had been a while since I had watched it, and it truly is. It's like a it's a once a year for me. It's every every July fourth. I I think I want to because I don't know how much I want to spoil. But if we're going to go spoil that, is, that is a thing where I I feel like there's probably a huge portion of people that have not seen it. But I would also trust that like if, if you're listening if you, to this, you if have you're listening seen to this. You've probably because have seen one it. of the things that I think gets overshadowed is that that's been a big question in everybody's in in science fiction to begin with is what would happen if your future self ran into yourself in the present day. Now, that's not necessarily exactly what's going on here, but you get time travel and you get the paradox of what if someone living in a current timeline ran into themselves from a different timeline? Would that, in fact, cause a paradox, a dimensional rift, whatever you want to call it? Right. Okay? And I do... I completely forgot, but I love that we fucking get Kevin Smith laying it out for us yeah. on the on the on the the keyboard. I love that shit. Uh, I can give I'll give just the briefest of plots. The Rock is a well known actor. He's connected to Bobby Frost. He's been missing. He's a Republican senator. He's a Republican in California. Senator. He's dating his, his daughter. Married, engaged to his daughter, played by Mandy Moore. Right. He's been missing. Mysteriously, he went missing in the desert. He's been found. He's just returned to the Southland. But he doesn't know, but there's things that he doesn't know that have happened to him. He's got a wicked case of amnesia. amnesia. And there's basically two political factions, two political groups vying to either find out what he knows and keep the truth from coming out or exploiting that and throwing it in the other's face to try and basically ensure that their candidate... The, yeah. It's all predicated on the idea that whatever happened with this dude is going to be so outrageous that, like, the one, the candidate that they don't want is going to have to just back out. Bobby Frost is going to have to be done. Yes. And that, to me, is the craziest thing in the world now mm-hmm. because of what we've done as a country, you know? <laughs> like, do you remember when, like, somebody throwing a shoe at George Bush was a big deal? Yeah. Yeah. I you, remember it was a huge deal do you as re- a little kid watching that. Do you remember the guy from this state fucking calling Obama a liar on the floor? Like, remember mm-hmm. when those were big issues and, like, problems? Yeah. If anything, the guy that's running the show now has made George Bush, like, look like a fucking saint and, like, just yeah. the greatest thing that we could long to have again. Right. And it's, it's fucking crazy that, like, that's a thing now. But everything is just so... So I, that's it's crazy to 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 see the performances and how bad shit and how because I put that on my Snapchat. I did the the killers singing thing with Timberlake. I put on my Snapchat. I was like, I forgot how bad shit crazy this movie is. Movie is, but how, also how fucking perfect it is. Right. And then everybody's like, What is that? What's that movie? I'm like, Southland Tips. Oh, never heard of it. Yeah, you've never heard of it. I know you have. And literally, any only I one brought- person has said said all oh, Southland tales. And I was like, Yeah. Anytime I have brought it up to anyone. The immediate thing, if you go and look at a poster, is there's a fucking movie with Sarah Michelle Gellar, The Rock, Sean William Scott, and Justin Timberlake, and you're telling me it's good? Yeah. Like, that is always yeah. the immediate reaction. Um, and yes, like, I'm telling you. But then you tell me, well, hey, listen, Amy Poehler's in it, and then you we, got... We could run through the whole cast, which we definitely need will to. do. Um, 
I do just want to set up for the beginning though. We can do a very basic outline because that is the one thing. I have started this with Veronica four times, four separate times. Mm -hmm. I will point out, I always finish the movie regardless of whether she makes it through it with me. But inevitably, it's these first seven minutes or so that will try the patience of even the most seasoned watcher of movies because it throws so much at you Uh simultaneously through voiceover narration and visuals in the in the setup of the world building that it almost seems like i'm never gonna you already lost me like i'm never gonna be able to catch up to all this what the hell is going on we open in abilene texas notably on july 4th yes and in found footage and the vibe of this is extremely naturalistic and i love it because when we flash forward to the state of things two years after what were the events we're about to see we're firmly in this like surreal crazy heightened like satirical crazy playland did it not does it not remind you of starship troopers would you like to know more that's what I get every time I watch it. Like that was a thing Def- you might have there's, pulled. There's definitely a lot of that yeah. in here. But to open with that, that is so grounded and feels like, did you literally just hand this camera to kids at a barbecue? Because it doesn't feel And then you stagey. added the nuke in later. Yeah. But we see from a ground perspective, a nuclear attack in Texas. So the general conceit is it was made in the shadow of 9-11, of course, of us having invaded Iraq at that point. Right. And what it's essentially asking is, what if there was a second 9-11 right. on American soil? On America's birthday. Yes, on top of that. And the country was so scared. And and he's reacting to Bush getting a second term, which I know baffled a lot of people given the first four years. But there was also a general sentiment among people that was like, let the dude finish the job. Yeah. Like you say the course. Like has there any is there anybody who's ever dealt with something on this scale on their watch within their first year of their presidency? I don't know if we can name one. Um second year. Right? No, 2000 election you start in 21 or 2001. Okay. But he didn't start right on time. Remember there was a <clears> whole <throat> big thing about like it felt like he had just gotten started as 2001 mm-hmm. rolled around. To the point that I don't even think he was technically on the job as president in January, like he should have been sworn in. Maybe he was. I don't remember. But it doesn't because feel there, like he, we were. I forgot we were dealing with an election yeah. fraud issue back then. Yeah. Again, another one that seems way more quaint. We were just like mad at Florida, if I remember correctly. Yeah, because basically old people were like, we didn't know what we were doing. We're <laughs> like, thanks, guys. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, well, so he said it. Again, he it. said it in Vice last night. He only won by like four hundred and some odd votes. Mm-hmm. Is what got him there when it now came down to do or something like that. I guess I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, so we're we're dealing with that. We're dealing with like shit, man. This what, guy got another yes. term. What if everybody, in their sense of like, hey, we got to stay the course. We got to figure all this out. If we had another attack on soil, what if it swung even farther to the point where? things like the Patriot Act and like stuff that people were like were kind of buzzing around at the time about like information hacks, phones being bugged, them listening in on everything all of that sort of stuff it was all kind of in the air but it's like what if boom we smash cut to like two years after an event like this 
and you're in essentially a militarized state with like you have to have you interstate, have to have interstate travel, travel visas, visas to get between states. Every state has its own border. Everything has its, it, it's super locked down. Yes. Everything, everybody's identified by like, you know, there's digital like, tech. the only thing really missing from those is drones. There's some interesting other like tech that we'll get into, but that's the one thing that maybe it doesn't like fully predict, but you still get the feeling based on the way these like observation towers are positioned all yeah. around different communities. That's the, you that can like, just argue that's the difference. Instead of having manned observation towers with sniper rifles, we just have drones that, that fly will, around and check out everything. And then yeah. could drop bombs on you if they wanted to. Yes. Or kill you or like deliver a package from Amazon. Who yeah. knows? So that is the world that we, we enter into. We basically get a, a zoomed through timeline montage uh, that's split into like four different quadrants where we watch world war three play out um and that's the thing is like i don't even know if the movie takes the time to establish who launched those nukes on us specifically don't think so it's kind of irrelevant and i think that's part of the point it's making as well because you could but, argue that like but not knowing how do we not know that it was something the government how do we not tried know that the uh the baron von westphalen didn't stage the whole thing exactly, exactly. under the guise of who's he backing the neo-marxists or the Yes, uh, yeah. but at the end of the day, it kind of seems like he he might just be an it's, evil supervillain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's inconceivable that he would do that. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Nailed it. Crushed it. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, Yeah. Biocane powder. Yeah. I'm just a bit of biocane powder for years. Yeah. Built up an immunity to Okay. Because you never so, go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line, Noah. Never. You would never do that. Never. Now, granted, he's a bear and something, something, so I don't think he's Sicilian in this movie. But Wallace Shawn is killing it, along with everyone else in this movie. Yes, and an actor who, I mean, you could probably say this about a lot of the cast, who is like, loved it. Loved the experience. No idea what it's about. Really didn't get it. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, the monologue he has about, like, our mother ocean. Like, oh my God, all dude. of that stuff. I'm like... Dude, he's so, like, fluid. He can't help but being that committed to it. All right. So, that that's the world we enter into. And that's a, that's another key component. You got, so you have the neo-Marxists who have sprouted up, obviously, because it's like, we don't want big government. We don't want all these people in our information. We want autonomy. Okay, we got to bring down the fucking system. This shit has gone too far. And then you have the Republicans trying to essentially keep the status quo, who have also established something called U.S. Ident which is essentially a giant think tank that just watches oh, and accumulates that's information. That's the what? joke. That, like, the neo-Marxists don't want government around and, like, government owned. Because, like, Marx and communism are, like, hand-in-hand with, like, state-owned everything. Is it's, that the yeah, joke? Yeah, death to capitalism, except, yeah. Right. Um, so, and as we'll see, again, it, it's a satire. It's a period. If you oh, watch yeah. it through that lens to begin with i feel like you're going to get a lot more out of it but you see ultimately how fucked up everybody is right like on all sides there really is no like clear-cut hero in this movie there's a lot of villains jericho kane that yes jericho kane's a, a hero but he is to a certain extent a pawn being batted back and forth between different locations until it is ultimately revealed to him and i love that he he plays it as well but the rock gets like full on enlightenment can see you know see the matrix if you will right. for about 5 minutes in right. this movie and it's a glorious 5 minutes but okay that's the world we enter into we got those two main factions the other key in here 
is the introduction of fluid karma. Now, this is when the sci-fi shit really kicks in. So, go with us here, okay? Fluid karma is essentially an energy source harnessed by the motion of the ocean, right? <laughs> or literally, like the waves, not like... Not, that can yeah. provide, essentially, like solar hydroelectric power on a grid system. You never need alternative fuels. This is like, this is our ticket out of the Middle East. Right. We don't need the oil. I'm giving you, this is some Elon Musk shit. As long as the oceans keep doing what they're doing, we're good. We're all set. Right. On this team, (laughs) we got Wallace Shawn, the aforementioned Wallace Shawn, as the Baron Von Westphalen. Right. Okay. We got Booger. From uh, the Ranch of the Nerds. Let me say his actual name because I feel horrible. Hold on a second. This cast list. Curtis Armstrong. Yes. As Dr. Soberin X. Okay. Um, oh, my God. This cast is so huge. Then they're not clustered together oh, the way shit. you think they would That be. would be nice. This is difficult. Fucking Biling. Biling. Which... <laughs> my, my that was like right before her meltdown, wasn't it? What was her meltdown? It was drugs and like a... I just knew she was on Celebrity Rehab. And then she has the throwaway line, and the, well, no, she's not in the movie, but like Sam Jackson makes the throwaway line, and the other guys, Bileen's gonna be there, that short <laughs> bitch from Jersey Shore, like, oh, okay, it's gonna be a party. Oh my gosh, Zelda Rubenstein. That's the could, could the, not older bring one, to my mind. the older one. Everybody will right? know her yeah. from Poltergeist, of right. course, and she's Doctor Katerina Kunstler. Kunstler. <laughs> Kunstler. Yes. Jesus Christ. Again. Uh, Wallace as Baron Von Westphalen. Oh my gosh. The cast is so big. She was... Oh my god. She's the mom or the grandma in No Country. She was in Donnie Darko as the Jim T. Beth Grant as Dr. Inga Von Westphalen. Right. Okay. And then, yes, you have Biling as Serpentine, who honestly... See, I mean, there's a lot of people who it's like nebulous what their actual affiliations are, but she just seems like a fucking weird fly in the ointment. Like you don't really know. Maybe she's playing the game. But on doesn't top she of know it all though? Because doesn't he come after her towards the end? Like you know what happened there? And she's yeah. like, uh huh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that's <laughs> definitely if you wanted to say like a femme fatale, you could argue maybe the fourth dimension will collapse on itself. <laughs> you stupid bitch. <laughs> The, again, tell me this guy, it's not his best performance. He delivers stuff like the The tone, I think, is no perfect. I think it's a tone you got to ease into. Mm. But I, I, it's brand of comedy is my one of my many brands of comedy. I, I love it. I think this is a laugh-out-loud riot, if you will, consistently, that still really makes me feel something at the same time. Yeah. So... I love the bits with, with Sarah Michelle Geller when they're like on her talk show and stuff she does. And it's like when I became Krista now, like to differentiate myself from the 480 other Kristas out there, now I have my own show. Yeah. It's like, you know, we, she's like, I don't believe in violence. That's why I agreed not to do anal in any of my movies. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking, so she oh, is so ridiculous. She is Krista now or Krista Kapowski. Yes. And that's where the scandal and initially like, presents itself right the neo-marxists realize that like she's been hooking up with boxer she's kind of in cahoots with the neo-marxists right but doesn't really she maybe is not as hardcore as she thinks she is she's just using it to like but she kind of is like you know 
I think maybe I need to be on these guys' side, but she's very much playing both sides at the same time. Right. So, Sasso Sasso is mixed in there as Fortunio Balducci. Yes. uh, Who, again, just seems like a friend. His true motivations are revealed further into the movie, of course. Who's the woman that, like, she was in Three Kings. She's the... Nora Dunn. That's who it is. Okay. I believe it's Nora Dunn. That sounds and looks a lot like her. I don't know. Uh... It is Nordun as Cindy Penzicki. Penzicki, that's yes. her last name. Uh, and she is a an adult film producer who is also one of the lead, uh, one of the leads of the neo Marxist underground. Right. On that side of things, we also have Sherry O'Terry. Yes. We got Amy Poehler and Wood Harris. Yes. Both fantastic. Uh, this is where we also get introduced to our first Sean William Scott. Right. Well, we get introduced to both of them basically within the same scene where we realize, oh, shit, what? What, what is going on here? He's got a twin brother? What? And I don't know if we've mentioned, but Justin Timberlake's narrating. Right. All of this. You can't, <laughs> and that's the thing. You can't go wrong with JT. Like Now, you say that. Veronica could not get past it. She was like... It's the hair. What is up with his voice? Not even... No, not the visual. She did not like the voiceover at all. She was like... I don't like his voice. What is this accent he's doing? I'm like, well, it's definitely not like his normal Southern speaking voice. Like, he didn't go back to his roots. He's definitely putting it on more. His name is Pilot Abilene. His name is Pilot Abilene. It's a tech, he's doing a Texas Southern accent, not Tennessee where he's from. He's putting it on further, but she just, she could not get over his delivery, all of it. She just was not about it. Now, what about when he showed up in the, she hasn't seen him show up in the movie? No, she she bailed way before that. God. Okay. Um, I did look into this, though. Apparently, all the narration you hear is take two, essentially. It's a whole separate recording session. They had the whole thing in the books. It was all done. And I guess when he married it to the footage, and he's watching it back, Richard Kelly is basically like, I think I misdirected him. I think I directed him to be a little too sarcastic and a little too flippant with this. As soon as I'm reading this, I'm like, I I can hear that version of Justin Timberlake, who's very much like, he's fucking neo-Marxist, and like, just kind of, you know, a sarcastic tinge to everything. And that is 100% not what this is, and it's because it's the second time we went back, and it's more of a flat reading. It makes, it really asks for you to buy into the world, even Mm -hmm. as absurd as it is, and even as like, the constantly quoting the bible and stuff which may just see some people may immediately be like this is just this is the definition of pretension i i think that's what sells makes you buy into it to the extent that you're going to right and then you go with the over-the-top performances and the kind of the chaos that builds throughout the movie and eventually you get to you know the zeppelin and all of the craziness on there but yeah, I, I, I'm a huge fan of the narration, and I yeah, think no, he's I like great it. in this movie. And this is early Timberlake kind of like, you know, still trying to prove himself in Alpha the Alpha Dog had realm. already come out. I believe so. And he and was again, not enough, talked about then yeah, a little bit. Barely anybody saw this, so right. it, this definitely, I mean, Black Snake Moan we heard a little bit more, but it really wasn't until Social Network I feel like he got people like, all right, I'm down with this guy, and then... Outside of he had a few like rom coms and then that end time movie and that's that's pretty much been it. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, you know. Do you remember he made a thriller with Ben Affleck? Runner, about runner. gambling. 
that I never saw. Runner, runner. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, yeah, serviceable. It's all right. Was it good? Good. It was like uh, it wasn't Gavin good, but it was all right. I mean, like a, on a on a you scale, probably like a six. On a me scale, like a seven. You know, it's Ben Affleck on a, on a the top five sh- list of movies that are just the same word twice. Do we have any other ones? Karina, Karina, number one. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Nailed it. Yeah, Karina, Karina, runner, right. runner. That's it. I don't I know. See, tell me another one. <laughs> tell me a third movie that has. Dude, this. I pulled that out of nowhere. I was like, dude, doubles. What are doubles? Karina, Karina. <laughs> Can't connect it back. I was like, oh, shit, is Whoopi in this? Is Ray Liotta? Nope. Nope. No dice. Is a little girl in it? Nope. Probably not. What if we could find a connection? This cast is big enough. Dude, yeah, just we could find one. Oh, I mean, if you want the connection, you just go Ray Liotta to half the people in the movie. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Okay. So, the, excuse me. The you know entire what we have not said this is, entire time? We have not said. Who Boxer Santeros is? Exactly. We haven't said the two Who Jericho Kane is? Boxer Santeros. No, we just, we hadn't said his name yet. I love all of the character yeah. names here. But yeah. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who is Dwayne Johnson in this movie. Yes, for the yeah. first time ever, right. he's credited as Dwayne Johnson. He's like, guys, I'm getting fucking serious. And it's still, again, I feel like more people see this, more people give it a chance in the moment. He has a different trajectory. I feel like he does. I feel like he's a little more comfortable with like, hey, that movie's weird and out there. I got to show all these different shades. Like, I want to keep kind of existing in this space. I don't need to be the the giant brute the hero they want me to be like i don't need to be the i don't need to be schwarzenegger i can right. i can have a different track to my career i can mm-hmm. you know who knows but i feel like this not doing well and i don't i don't remember reviews being particularly unkind to his performance no i don't think so either. um but i also don't i feel like as a result of people like not getting it or not vibing with it they really overlooked that he's just He's killing it. Everybody's killing it. And again, I think it's a testament to... It's one of the hardest things to command as a director, I feel like, but is tone and getting every actor on the same page of like, mm-hmm. this is what I'm trying to communicate with this. This is how you should hit it. And like, I don't think he's like a big line reading guy. I don't know how detailed these scripts are in terms of inflection and stuff, but there's so many things in this that it's like, who would think to, to do the line delivery like that? Like, how did we arrive at that? And it just, it, you know, perfect. I was trying to look to see the rundown was like three years before this. I was trying to, I couldn't remember when the rundown came out. Yeah, but that's like, definitely the coming out party. He's got Walking Tall, like, right around the same time as well. He's he's getting out there, but he hasn't had a, like, you know, 500 million blockbuster yet. Right, it no, he has, and that's not going to happen for a couple more for years. But yeah. And notably, in all of the casting, which we've mentioned a good bit of them, but you got all of these, you got a lot of SNL alums. Mm-hmm. You got Lovitz in there. We already mentioned Cherry O'Terry. Um, and he's talked, Richard Kelly has talked about wanting to specifically cast people who had been pigeonholed right. in some sort of capacity. So you get people like... Sean William Scott, who at this point is probably most he's known. Just stifler. As, he's, he's just stifler. stifler. That's it. And again, best performance he's ever given. Oh as yeah. Far as I'm concerned. Hands fucking and down. You you see why a he's coming off of Donnie Darko, 
any actor with like half a brain is like, I want to see what that guy's going to do next. I want to be a part of that. I'm I'm down with this. He brings Holmes Osborne from Donnie Darko to this. He, he brings, um, shit, her name has already escaped me. Yeah, yeah, the one who's the gym teacher. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there, Beth Grant. Right. I never remember her name because she's such a chameleon. Right. In every movie. Like, if you look at her makeup in this versus how she looks in Donnie Darko versus how she looks in No Country, it's, I mean, you would be forgiven for not wait realizing minute, that wait, it's wait, 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 the same three people. Who's the mom? Who is Frost's wife in this movie? Is she not from Donnie Darko too? That is Miranda Richardson. Is it not? Yes, it is. Miranda Richardson is Nana Mae Frost. Right, and she's not, wasn't in Donnie Darko. No. Now the you old know her woman, from the Crying Game, right? Spider, the Cronenberg yeah, yeah. movies. Now, Sleepy I, Hollow is where you know her from, Lady Von Tess. Okay, Von Tassel. Now, the the woman in Donnie Darko who doubts your commitment to Sparkle Motion, yes, who's the head of the we got to get Patrick Swayze out of jail team, who was told to forcibly insert an instructional card into it, her anus, right. Yes. Is she in this movie? I feel like she was one of his people, yeah, too. Yeah, she's in the Westphalen crew. That's Beth Grant. That's who that... Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Then who's the she's, short one that's like... The, the, that's right. She is the... Te- you're right. Yes. You Zelda said it, and in my head... Is the, is the shortest one. And that's the, the visual I had when you said Beth Grant. I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah I get it. You're right. Sorry. Again, so, so many, many characters to keep track of. And to that note, this occurred when Barham and I were watching it one time. Every once in a while, you got too many characters in a movie, you just got to put one of them in a dumpster. You got to put them out of commission for a little bit. And that's exactly what (laughs) What happens about 40 minutes in this movie. Just when things are like, dude, what is Upu 2? Who is this like militarized police force that are coming in with these like corner cam guns that I've never seen in anything? But it's like, why don't we have those? Those exist? Like, you know. Yeah. Um. But take down this whole place. Uh, and then Sean William Scott, the drugged version, wakes up and takes a tumble out of a window. Also, did you catch the little Frank bunny rabbit? I did. Right there. Is uh, that too, where is my mind? Slow down? No, no wave mutilation slowed down. Wave mutilation is after the uh, the botched, staged murder that right. becomes an actual homicide. We'll get to that in a second. No. So, Yes. <laughs> Christopher Lambert's in this movie. He is. We <laughs> mentioned it yet. You know, you see him because he talks to Sherry on my ice cream truck. <laughs> because you Sherry... You Magnum, bitch. Crow <laughs> Magnum, bitch. Sherry O'Terry has the best comeback ever. <laughs> Say it. What? what? Say it again. Say it again, you fucker. Yes. Uh, she's great. She's buying blank she, bullets from she him. She is one of my absolute favorites, yes. Oh, my God. Uh, th- let's yes. just... Let me try and help this kind of get along. So Boxer is with with Kristen Al, Sarah Michelle Geller. The idea is that when he goes to start doing scouting locations for his new movie, they're going to put him with Officer Roland Tavener, the fake one. Yes. That we've seen. That's dressed up like actually Christian. his brother, brother right. Ronald Tavener. Ronald Tavener, right. A disgraced so, war vet. Right. Yes. I thought Roland Tavener was the... It's confusing. Right. <laughs> Roland, Ronald, same thing. They're going to go on a drive along. He's going to ride along. Sorry, ride along with him. He's going to film him because he's going to play a cop or whatever in his new movie. In a screenplay that he and Kristen Al 
have written, written together, right. which foretells the destruction of the world. Right. And basically, we realize we're watching kind of that movie in progress. Yes. And so it's all about Jericho Kane trying to save the world. They're going to get called to a domestic disturbance in which the, the cop, Sean Williams, has to be really racist and like he's going to shoot these two people and kill them. And impl- somehow, Boxer's going to be a part of it. And that's going to be this terrible tape that like the neo Marxists are going to use against the establishment. And that's all well and good, but Except then fucking John no, Lovitz yes. shows up but and no ruins could have everything. The interference mm-hmm. or the arrival of one Mister Bart Bookman. Yes, yes, uh, yeah. He shows up. Little do we know, he's part of a, a very. Save the spoiler. shit, Bart. We're spoiling. Run it back. Go ahead. All right. So Bart shows up. Yeah. And he's basically like. You're a little bit out of your jurisdiction, aren't you? And they decide to go in to where this this domestic thing is going on. And I love, I love Amy Poehler and him going back. Yeah, I sucked their dicks. I fucked all your friends. (laughs) Oh, bitch, you didn't. (laughs) That shit is fucking priceless. It's it's good stuff. A lot of it is off camera, too, Mm -hmm. in the background. Um, You just, like, hear it coming from the house. That's my favorite bit. Yeah, and I, I gotta say, watching it in the cold light of day in 2020, um, this whole setup of the idea that somebody would engineer a racially motivated crime perpetrated by police to use for political leverage, what a tangled web we, we, that we, one is. Yes. Holy shit. Yeah, that goes in the category of like, I don't know how this is aged, but it definitely is like lighting my brain on fire right now. It's as if um, Richard Kelly walked into the future in the desert and somehow managed to get back yes. before his He's self. He's been trying to warn us about 2020 since 2007. <laughs> right. He walked into the desert, got back before his self did. And when his self went through the portal in the desert, he blew it up. Yeah. And he knows everything that's coming. And that's just what it feels like because there's so many things in here that when you watch it now, you're like, holy shit. Yeah. What the? What have we done? The interstate travel visas, which is something that is mentioned in the opening and also comes up eventually when we get to Martin Kiefer, uh because the draft is back in effect. I don't mm-hmm. know if we mentioned that. Pilot Abilene is a former... Former movie star. Right. Who is also now a war veteran who works... At, still for the military in this observational capacity where basically dudes hang out with these giant long range sniper rifles yeah, 50 cal sniper rifles. and just regulate on anything that they're told to regulate on yeah. or any shit that they see you got to be handy with the steel earn you keep you know what i mean yeah for sure <laughs> um so but he also sells fluid karma and drugs to people too right on us on the side, yes, so because fluid karma, which we mentioned before, which again is an energy source, right? Okay. Uh, well, Do Baron von Westphalen again may be a secret supervillain has been experimenting on soldiers to see what the effects of the drug are. Some of them have become addicted to it. Uh, some of them have had hallucinatory experiences on it, etc. Have any of them come back from the dead on it though? Well, because that's what I thought the whole deal with Pilot Abilene was, was that he was back from the dead with fluid karma because Roland Tavener had killed him on accident under friendly fire. He was wounded by a grenade. 
it is never implied that he is dead. dead. I just thought just the thing around his, his eye is fucked up. Yeah, but I just I don't know. I don't know if that was like a that could have been a whole subplot that got cut out. I don't believe that that's what happens. But I will say, as far as the big musical number oh, that yeah. you love so much, it may seem arbitrary unless you've read the graphic novel, which I haven't. Which seems weird because there's a music cue in the graphic novel. Um, it's the song that's playing when all of that goes down. It's the song that's playing on Roland's iPod. Oh, all these things I've done? Yes. Okay. While the shit with Pilot goes down in Iraq. So that's why it's swirled into his brain chemistry and his dream space of that moment. That's why he dreams that whole sequence. That make that makes a and again, lot it more seems, sense. Again, it seems just like a crazy dream sequence, but when you're like, Oh, this is act. This is not in Tim. This is not Timberlake's drug trip. That's what you think it is initially. Yeah, and you're like, no, this is actually in Roland's mind or right. Ronald or whatever. It yes. does not matter. Um. So, but yeah, again, tracks with the book, and I understand it's a big ass to be like, hey, to fully understand and appreciate my two hour and 20 minute movie. I also need you to read this three part graphic novel that really shapes out the world and gives you a lot of background on the characters. I think it works independently, but I will say if you want to take the time to do it, it really does enrich the experience. See, I figured you had, because I know you were into Coed and Cambria and I figure like anybody who is into them has read like all 14,000, uh, I have I have not read any comic those. comic book issues that they've come out to to explain each album that they make. They have like mm-hmm. giant Stephen King like graphic novels explaining the plight of the Wanderer and the the Four Sayer Soothteller whatever bullshit. Yeah. So yeah, um, I guess had I known that there was a comic book, I would have watched it between read it between now and then. I had no idea. There is a plan at some point that basically a director's cut version would incorporate elements of that, whether they would be animated or not. He's talked about doing extended sections of the movie where it's like, hey, I don't need to get the whole cast back together. I don't need to do you know, sets and everything. I can just get vocal performances from a couple people and then animate to it after the fact. Right. So, And a lot, pretty much all of the cast seems like you know, maybe they were a little sour on it initially, but I think it seems like everybody had a great time making this. Yeah, I don't. I, there was no crazy stories of like, oh, this was a disaster or anything like that. And again, when you're getting these types of performances, everybody seemed very much on board for. I don't know if I get this, but this guy has a vision. And I saw Donnie Darko. Maybe I didn't fully get that, but I trust the guy. I'm 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 gonna go. Well, with I th- I think in that case, you give them their lines for the day, and you keep them in the dark. And when they ask, you start going on and on and on about the big neo Marxism, and they're like, "Okay, fine, I don't care. I'll just read the line." Exactly. If you ever listen to a Richard Kelly commentary or any interview with him, he's very very humble, normal, like down to earth guy. Yeah, definitely. Who, if you listen to him talk for about ten minutes, you realize this is a guy whose brain is like always on fire. He's always thinking about shit, and every movie he's made to me is so bursting at the seams with ideas and all of this stuff that he just wants to fit in right to the story he's doing and you if you listen to him especially in like the Donnie Darko commentary he starts talking about you know just it's like it literally is mental gymnastics of like I've created this puzzle for myself I have this artifact this jet engine that falls through this kid's house but it it connects back here and everything and like reverse engineering this plot and all of the stuff that like he has thought through in great detail 
And then he's got to try and put you inside his brain. Right. And make it all connect. And I, I, I would argue that he's not always successful at it. No. But the ambition is always there. And again, it's the kind of stuff that just rewards you spending time and engaging with it a little bit more. And you start to get closer to his mindset. But I, I am really disappointed just in general. Like he's gone on to produce a lot of stuff, but I'm really disappointed. That it's like, we got the box, which I also think is absolutely brilliant. I love mm-hmm. that movie. And then it didn't do well at the box office. And it was like, well, we gave you two shots still still love Darko but like you haven't you know you haven't done what have you done for us lately basically that was kind of the attitude of it mm-hmm. and I and don't I, bet I don't now know if he's it, had failed startups or you know what happened sorry no no I'm saying I bet now that like if somebody like Bloomhouse or somebody was like hey man what do you got in the old think tank I can give you t- 10, 15, 20 million to go do it I mean, can you give me something that's going to at least make my money back Go with it. I'll mm-hmm. let you have Final Cut, whatever you want to do. What have you got cranking around in there? Because I'm sure there's plenty of dope stuff that we haven't gotten that I hope we do get at some point that this hasn't been a detractor because I, I'm sure he knows there's people out there that would that want it. I believe I've said it before. I think it was an episode with Mr. Sunshine Mayfield where we did um, movies we would like to see turned into television shows. Mm-hmm. But I believe I had Southland on the list. But at the very least, what I have been clamoring for is give Richard Kelly the Alex Garland experience right. like with devs or something, or the Nicholas Winding ref and Too Old to Die Young. Give him a set budget. Tell him, dude, whatever you want to do, we're not going to touch it. Episode count is your call. Like, here's the budget. Here's what we're willing to invest in it. You make it, we'll air it. Good, bad, indifferent. Stable line. That's it. Give the dude some time because I feel like even in this movie, which I love, isn't it? It's such a great hangout movie too. Once you know it a bit, right? Because it's just like, oh man, this part's coming up, and it just like it just snowballs one out. It's one of those where it's like, if this was the kind of movie they played on cable, I would never be able to like. At any point, you come in, and I'm just like, all right, I'm watching till the Zeppelin. I gotta get to the Zeppelin. Uh yeah, I think it's long overdue for a reassessment. And I know for a long time he's had a movie called Corpus Christi. It's always been listed as in, in pre-production. And I don't know if that's the ultimate dream project that he's always wanted to do. I'm really not sure. But just somebody. The the guy, he, he's a talent. He's a fucking treasure. And we need to, get, we need to give him another shot. Now here's <laughs> one white guy saying, hey. We really need to invest money in Richard Kelly. Um, again, and I, I get that he has a niche audience, but in an era where like it seems like anybody can get anything on Netflix, yeah. can you give the guy, like give him like five mil and let him just do whatever he wants? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Shall we get into the third act? I don't know that we've like paved the way to it, but everything leads. Can we tell them what happened though? Yeah, you think it's gonna be like a stage shooting, but like oh, Lovett shows me. up we and actually blows these two away. Yes. And the funniest bit is like, now when you hear the pop, you got to make the blood go, and they get shot for real, and <laughs> then the scripts and the scripts go off. It's so fucking yeah, stupid, dude. but so fucking funny. I and, can't and, and Lovett's with just 
the cold demeanor and flow my tear. Or he's like, he shoots, he shoots Amy Poehler, who's like, fascist dogma apply. My, uh, I will not be a subject in your election. That's an original poem by Dream. Shoots her point blank. Dream over. Yes. <laughs> and then shoots Wood Harris. Flow my tears. It's just it's so good. And um, then he's like, and, I got this. I'll and, handle it. Yes. And then fucking Boxer asks him, who am I? <laughs> he's none of your fucking business. <laughs> Every I, I Let's be clear. In real life, I fucking hate Lovitz. This goes back to like some Kevin Smith. Uh, Ralph Garman shit. Yeah. Fuck Lovitz as a dude and fuck his comedy club, etc. He is on another planet in this movie. I love everything about the energy he's bringing to this with his shock white dye. Oh my hair. god, dude. What that was the fuck is going on? Because think about it. When have you seen Lovitz in a movie before this? What? What movie was high? he? What? what movie was he in that decade before Southland Tales? Tell me what movie he was. Oh, in. I don't fucking know. Exactly. Man. I mean, that's you haven't seen Love It since Saturday Night Live reruns. Yeah, everybody has it. So when he shows up like that, and you're like, "What the fuck is this?" And that's the thing is like, there's this combination of, I want to show people in people who have been pigeonholed. I want to show them in a different light. I want to let them spread their wings a little bit. Well, when you do that with somebody like Love It's, for instance. The natural instinct for anybody who has any kind of relationship to him on SNL or any of the bit parts he's had in movies, like if you're like a huge wedding singer fan or something, like <laughs> he's saying some of this dialogue, like some of it I think you're inherently going to laugh at because it's just like, oh, this is ridiculous. It's John Lovitz. But it's, it's like it walks such an interesting line of like, well, yeah, but you're supposed to be laughing at it because it's a satire. But at the same time, you would never see any John Lovitz character play something this dark and exactly, fucked up. yeah. So it's like it's just all it's, which leads to a greater thing, which I think is kind of ultimately timeless, which is the commentary on celebrity and just like how you're you're perceived, etc. And he so he's playing with image a lot, just in who he's casting in these different roles. Right. You take you know. America, she was America's sweetheart for a bit, I would say. Sarah Michelle Gellar, and you have her play. I mean, she's done Cruel Intentions by this point. She's, you know, shown she's got different layers. But this is definitely not something anybody expected her to do right then. Yeah, like being a porn star talking about anal all all the time. Yeah, that, that, that. So, okay. The bot shooting occurs, and then it leads into one of my favorite moments in the entire movie, which we haven't even mentioned. Killer soundtrack, top to bottom. Moby does most of the original score. Right. Uh, there's a key drop earlier in their ride along before they get to this point where they're talking out at the boardwalk, which I love, which is uh, Oh My Angel by Bertha Tillman mm-hmm. playing like very moodily in the backspeak. And like um, Roland sees the really intense tattooed dude with the mohawk right. just like staring him down. It's so Lynchian. The music gets all echoey. And again, it's broad daylight. And you're just like, what the fuck is this about now? And then... Uh, Boxer goes into the library, meets with the, we're going to call them the Fluid Karma crew, the Westphalens, whatever. Right, yeah. Uh, and they ask about the screen. <laughs> they give him the screenplay. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Which is, it's called The Power, correct? I think that's what it's yes. called, yeah. Uh, a lot more details on The Power in the graphic novel, if you, okay. if you read it. Uh, I will try and fish it out. I believe it's in my closet right now. I'll try and fish it out for you before you leave. Cool. So... But we, 
so we lead out of the the shooting. This is kind of the the it's not the midpoint of the movie, but it's one of the early turns. I guess this is technically the end of the first act. Uh, but yeah, they run out of the the back of this neighborhood through a fog of what we assume is probably some like fluid karma or some after effect of it being like in the atmosphere because they're getting this hazy look it's similar to the kind of uh like rotoscope vibe that we saw earlier in the movie when roland was like coming out of the injection right uh yeah it's almost like a wheat well no there's no you what is known as the uk surf version of wave of mutilation by pixies comes on and it's a great tracking shot. I assume it's Steadicam, but you literally kind of feel like you're floating through this backyard in this cloudy haze, through the trees. Some of it feels like it has digital augmentation. It's just a gorgeous sequence. It's perfectly edited, and it signifies, like, all right, some shit's going down. Because that's also the reveal that Bookman and Sherry O'Terry are in cahoots. Right. And they she, have the tape. Yes. Very quickly, she takes... Uh, we get one version of Roland or Ronald waking up out of the dumpster, okay? Right. He's back in the rotation. And then impersonator cop version of Ronald or Roland immediately gets injected by Sherry O'Terry, who then also runs over Link, I believe. Yeah. The guy who provided the skates. Uh, right. These off-road skates were a great idea. Um <laughs> So we get the reveal that she's basically double-crossed her double-cross. She's got her own agenda, which is still aligned with the neo-Marxists. She just didn't like the two of them because she was like, yeah, just because it's like, loud doesn't mean, mean it's, it's funny. funny. <laughs> yeah. Amy Poehler's so great. Uh, so, yeah, they they have their own interaction. One of my favorite lines in the entire movie, which is, again, is it problematic? I don't know. He's, like, play strangling her, but do you want to fuck or watch a movie? <laughs> so sincerely delivered and dangerous at the same time. Where you're just, but also maybe kind of not really because you get the idea that she could fucking kill him any chance, exactly. any chance she yeah, wants she to. has proved herself to be quite the tough yeah. cookie, for sure. Um, so, yeah. And then also, we just had, like I said, he gets out of the dumpster. I feel like very shortly after that, he comes across our good old boy Christopher Lambert in his ice cream truck where he sells all of his weapons. And he's on the news, so it's like, hey, I might need this guy. He might come in handy. Immediately gets knocked out again. So just when you think there's too many characters to keep track of, they're always just taking one out of rotation. I love it, dude. It's great. Great. Okay. I mean, we knocked it down a few with, like, the three deaths we just had. Yes. You know, some people are gone. And now we're in a stretch, which is basically the day leading up to the big 4th of July celebration. So we've got... Or no, 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 no. It's the day of. Excuse me. No, because they... Right after he leaves, excuse me, Boxer gets a call on his phone. Um, Is this when he goes to meet... This is when he gets brought in by the family, right? No, but then why would he be out on the beach the next day? Because he leaves that he leaves the house. That's right, he does. Yeah, and he goes out wandering again. Right. I'm trying to remember structurally, but if I'm not mistaken, 
This is where yeah he gets called in. He goes to the house the next and day. He leaves. The, he leaves in the, the rain re- yes. in that convertible, which this is ridiculous. This is the real midpoint of the movie, where it also firmly establishes for you like this is what this is. This is a giant satirical soap opera. I want you to laugh at this. Yes. This is supposed to be funny. Right. <laughs> now it's going to be loud and, and funny. funny. <laughs> so he gets a ton of our principal cast, basically all of the Frost side of things. Santeros comes back into the fold. Also, Krista now is there. This is the reveal to him that like, oh shit, I'm married to Mandy Moore. All right. Hell yeah. Um, and also, oh shit, my, my side pieces actually here right now right video tape uh there's a lot of accusations thrown all across the room i happen to know you're pregnant with, with brad's baby, baby. <laughs> yeah. you know he's been secretly funding the neo-marxists like, everybody just has dirt on everybody else yeah. it's all a giant shit show um but yeah basically uh, oh and i love uh chris now has arrived now, now. <laughs> Another thing, real quick. There's, I can't, I couldn't tell you what they were. I, I, I want a list of quotes. But all of the random shit that gets shouted by that U.S. ident voice, mm-hmm. or like by the news thing or whatever, like soldier does this with human whatever, like just it's fucking stupid and ridiculous. And I love every one of them. You want to talk about? I mean, that's the uh, one of the other like has aged the best things is just the complete shit show of like the news media, right? And just how it's just. Like, Look at me. Yes. Look at this. Um, yeah. So, shit, where are we? Sorry. They're all together. I got lost again. Uh, so, yeah, everybody kind of throws all their cards on the table, sort of. And uh, It's a lecture mirror, Bob. <laughs> everybody's got to pay. Yeah. <laughs> Just pay up. <laughs> so, they come to a settlement essentially over that one. And then he bails out. He's in the dope convertible. Like you said, which I believe is from Kiss Me Deadly. Yes. Um, which is a huge reference point for the movie. It's actually on. You see clips from Kiss Me Deadly mm-hmm. throughout the movie as well. Um, and so next day, boxers drinking on the beach. Toasted on the beach. Uh, we haven't really talked about Starla von Luft, uh, who's like a, a mole on top of a mole, who also now thinks that the power is real. Yes. And that Sheriff is a real person. Yes. Uh, so all of that goes down on the boardwalk. JT has to shoot her. No. <laughs> I mean, if I you want, want to suck your dad, that is just <laughs> so it's so bad. We shit can crazy. get a room at Shuckers or at Shutters. It's my favorite place. Yeah. Jericho Kane's gonna give you what you want. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then of course so at this point they get taken geez. down. He realizes that Fortunio uh, is not his friend. Right. Because uh, Sherry Michelle Geller is like trying to run from Sherry O'Terry. She's taking the tape at this point. Yes. And because Which love... she thinks is the fake tape, but oh, is... The actual murder. Or, no, she thinks is them hooking up. Right. She's of, taking it yes. to do the right thing, but it's actually the murder. That... But it's the murder that they do not... Right. Yes, exactly. So she's going to drop it in a Dropbox for the Neomarks as she's being chased down by Sherry O'Terry and John Lovitz. Uh... We've already seen the rifles in action mm-hmm. on Starla, and now we see what it happens in like a a crazy bar environment. And I I, I I gotta be honest, you know, I'm having visions of like, dude, what if these things were posted in Florida right now? 
like in the midst anybody of gets people. too close to each other <laughs> yes six feet six feet um but yeah and i love i also love the commitment to anytime anybody gets shot by one of these we're doing fucking slow-mo i don't care if i just showed you one everybody's getting a slow-mo yes. death with one of these i love it so uh, yeah sherry terry drops love it's drops sarah michelle geller's dropped the tape um so she's pretty much good she had come by earlier to score drugs from Cherry Terry, Terry yeah. whose name I keep skipping over. Me too. It's probably something simple I've just forgotten. Is There's that too Zora? Many... Zora, yeah, that's right. I think. So, I guess the other kind of thread before we get to the Zeppelin is Martin Kefauver, mm-hmm. uh, who's just been drafted. He is the son of the plastic surgeon who works on Pilot Abilene. Which is how we get um, the, the dreams. Al- he also sells weed, and apparently the military's got access to fluid karma, but they have to go to like street-level people for, for marijuana still. Right. Interesting. Uh, yeah, we get our whole dream sequence, which I already explained for you. actually has a lot more depth to it than you might have even thought. But yeah, all these things that I've done, it's, pro- it's you know, Richard Kelly's referred to it as the emotional center of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's where everything is meant to kind of come together and coalesce. And again, I think... Part of that is definitely lost if you haven't taken the whole six-chapter journey. Again, the first three chapters of this are in the graphic novel. You're seeing the last three chapters of a six-part story, essentially. Hmm. So there's definitely some gaps to be filled in. Oh, I'm sure. Um, Like, if you're sitting there going like, yeah, Will Sasso is in this, but like, what was going on with that guy? How does he fit into everything? The graphic novel will clear it up for you. It's that sort of stuff. If you want to know more of what Fluid Karma actually does beyond like the experimenting with drugs etc how it works as a power source you actually see it that sequence at the mansion when he's leaving in the rain zelda rubenstein has a little orb and the idea is like that's like a wi-fi hotspot for fluid karma like you could just take one of those with you and then you get inside a vehicle that's controlled by it. you pop the orb in boom you're good to go the car's driving itself and just it's like chain linking the hub on top of a hub on top of a hub so it predicted alexa essentially i guess and self-driving cars yeah and but alternative the power fuels. grid aspect of it i it's one of those things where it's like it's just it's one of those sci-fi things that's like just enough married to reality where it's like what's a perpetual motion machine the ocean you know was based on the concept of the tides constantly generates its own energy like oh all right I can dig this. I think this is possible. Uh, did we talk about the Trier uh, Saltair? The mm-hmm. new the new Humvee? The commercial? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I just watched two cars fucking each other. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dude. And God bless him. Holmes Osborne is the thing that keeps... He removes all pretension from this movie. Yes. Because the second you're like, Richard Kelly, you're disappearing up your own ass, you have Bobby Frost there to be like, this is fucking dumb. No, yes. This is dumb as shit. <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? And he just can't, he knows exactly when to pull back and just cut the legs out from under the like, don't take this too seriously, but hey, I'm also talking about some real shit. Yeah. And it's just, it's such a delicate balance. And I realize like not everybody's going to go for it, but it is what it is. Okay. We get to the Zeppelin. The brothers eventually link up. Spoiler alert. They're not fucking brothers. 
Roland so, and Ronald are not twins. We get, They're not. <laughs> we get a brilliant explanation from Kevin Smith. Yes. And we realize... The exposition king all of a sudden? Of course, yes. I just love the idea that, like, I need one guy. I'm going to bring it all together. It's, it's, it's Kevin, technically a three-hander. Right. It's Armstrong. It's Curtis Armstrong with one of my favorite things, which is... And what did we do when we found a rift in space-time? We launched monkeys into it. (laughs) That slays me. But what is even funnier is the reaction shot from Kevin Smith in his, again, Karl Marx beard. He has, like, liver spots on his fucking forehead. And he just gives this... It's a podcast, I know, but he's just like... He's not against the best part we is him just not into it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we fucking did. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We get on the Zeppelin. I love the voiceover. Uh ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen. Black Rebel yeah. Motorcycle Club. Club. My favorite music cue outside of Wave of Mutilation, the Pixies cover. Uh, but this is Howl by Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, which I don't know it kills me. I want the the intro, which I believe is a French like in flight video sort of thing. I don't know what the audio is taken from. Mm-hmm. That's not part of the song. That is almost it's almost like Richard Kelly was like, I'm gonna remix this just a little bit. And I'm like, I want that little voiceover mm-hmm. to kick in before all of this. And it also leads into a masterful wonner. Everybody remembers the wonner from Darko. Right. Which is great, and it's a great, like, it's my first movie, I'm fucking showing off, baby, watch this shit. But this one, where he takes you through the entire bowels of the the Mega Zeppelin. Yeah. And is basically like, here is every single character that you need to know that's on here. Here's where they're at positionally, like, and it just flows, you got bilang dancing, the music's perfectly timed everything about it literally the only two people who aren't there are all the stuff that's going on on the ground which at this point as far as we're concerned is just lambert one or one taverner one taverner we'll put it that way and then um keith alvert who that's lou taylor pucci a mm-hmm. thumb sucker you may have seen him in mm-hmm. great actor um and they're pl- they're headed to mexico there yeah they're getting out of here we're gonna take the atm to mexico <laughs> yeah. yeah um to help him avoid the draft, the right. draft dodging, essentially. And he's worried, again, doesn't have an interstate travel visa. That might be the main thing that I'm like, dude, is that about to be a thing? <laughs> we already have the, if you if you live in a red, red zone, I start to say red state, but if you live in a, <laughs> if you live in a red zone or a hot spot and you go into a, a blue zone state-wise, you got to quarantine. <laughs> And if you go in and come back, you got to quarantine. So it's like, how far off are we from like, yeah, you got to, you got to get clearance. You got to go get tested and get a card here that Mm -hmm. allows you to go from South Carolina to North Carolina. Yeah. Um, so they're going to avoid the draft. Eventually, this is another, this is, I have very few critiques and this is one of those that's totally forgivable because of budget, but the, the chaos of downtown, mm-hmm. the, when the when things are starting to get hectic and a little crazy, and we're supposed to believe that like large scale rioting is happening. Right. I get that he just doesn't have the budget to right. fully communicate what that would look like. Now there is the idea that like 
a lot of shit's kind of on lockdown. We're seeing a lot of stuff in like financial districts where it's like people are out fucking partying. It's the 4th of July. Everybody's at the beach. We're not really seeing that stuff. Right. But we see U.S. ident get taken down from the inside by people who have been embedded the whole time. And the crazy mohawk guy. Yes. Uh, Nana May gets taken out. Yep. Uh, eventually we're down to just the people who are on the Zeppelin and our taverners, our brothers, who are not brothers, who finally meet. And as they're meeting, we are simultaneously revealing to Boxer exactly what went down in the desert. We don't have to go into all the details, but the long and short of it is... Not just one person went through the portal. Yes. Somebody had to drive him through. Who did it? A soldier. Okay? And we reveal that, hey, here's here's you from this other timeline. You're in a box here, all right? We blew it up after yeah. you went through. Yeah. Wait a minute. So I didn't kill myself. Yeah. You had you had to remote detonate the trigger. <laughs> so I didn't kill myself. <laughs> I'm a pimp. And pimps, pimps don't, don't commit suicide. Uh, that is the key well, phrase I took take away from this 100% movie. 100% line of the movie. I mean, it has a buildup of like, hey, this is what I want you to take away from this. <laughs> yeah. 100%. So, yeah. We realize what would happen. If, you know, it's two people, two versions of the same person coexisting in the same space. Essentially two halves of the same soul. And you get from the Baron that, like, if we could do that, we could unlock all these different things about us as humans that would allow us to just be better. And maybe we could, maybe we couldn't. And again, this is all a result of the fluid karma system, which has thrown off the earth's axis as was foretold in the screenplay and has read, led to all of these anomalies. Yeah, Kevin one Smith of, tells us that. Yes, one of the anomalies of which is this rift in the space-time continuum out in the desert. Okay. So, we're like, what's going to happen when these two guys meet? And they shake hands. Their hands have already been glowing and shit. They're attract, you know, attracted to each other, essentially. And then this fucking ice cream truck just starts levitating. Right. All right. Lambert's been killed by this point. It's just the two of them and Keith Alver. Okay. With a rocket launcher. With a rocket launcher. <laughs> Which, by movie law, was introduced. Yeah, heat seeking missile. <laughs> yes. So we get the Chekhov's gun of it all, which I appreciate anytime happens in a movie. Yes. Another thing, totally forgot to set it up. I re- really only hit me this time. The whole conversation about um, so what if a woman has sex and then takes. The morning after pill, while flying over the Atlantic, <laughs> blah, 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 then it becomes the morning before pill. It seems like a just a Stu- dumb, stupid joke that doesn't make any sense. But when you stop and think about, he's just, it's even in the throwaway shit. He's seeding, hey, time travel. Right. Interdimensional shit. Think about these things. Think about some time paradoxes. Even in this jokey form, I'm giving it to you. With all all, these porn stars, yes. It's all leading somewhere. And that one never clicked to me before where I was like, I've just always thought it was pretty, like, a funny joke and a dumb joke and one of those things that just makes you go. But it's like, dude, he's just, it's all connected. It's all, yeah, it's all themed out. So, uh, basically, he knows... uh, we have to evacuate. <laughs> Move all of the passengers to the rear of the, sem- of the Mega Zeppelin. Uh, and we proceed to have the memory gospel sequence where uh, we get some dope Moby and we get some interpretive dance. And, uh, that, I mean, this is this is it, man. This is this is what it's the all, climax, all building to. And uh, eventually, Keith Alvarez takes that shot with the rocket launcher 
and the the zeppelin is going down uh shortly before the impact happens we see the the jesus christ tat on his back start mm-hmm. bleeding while he's at a christ pose i again it's not subtle <laughs> it's not, not subtle at all, at all. um Yes, and then we return. I love that we don't see any of the fallout of this. We don't see. We don't cut back to the ground level again. We stay with, or excuse me, we do see Keith Albert chuck the bazooka and just like fall off, peace out off the top of the ice cream truck, and then we're back in that ice cream truck, and it's just the two halves of your soul coming to terms with one another. The the guilt that you have, the stuff that you don't want to think about or let into your everyday life your shadow self if you will it's those two things confronting each other and it's every time i watch it i'm like is this the like most like fuck yeah strange love like it's the end of the world like holy shit moment are oh, you forgetting or my favorite is bit this the go ahead ladies and gentlemen this is the way the world uh, yeah. ends not, not with the whimper but with a bang, bang. Just remember, we can all take comfort in one simple fact. Nobody rocks the cock like, like Krista, Krista now. now. <laughs> yes, whoever did the voiceover. I love it, dude. I just God love it. Stuff. So it's good. so good. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, we have, basically, they forgive each other simultaneously. Right. But I've, I've always read it as, like, it's either that or it's the start of something else. Because there's the voiceover from Timberlake... Which will lead you, you know, um, and they set forth, and I can't remember the actual closing quote, but it builds up to he was the my final. Fr- he was my friend, yeah. officer, my best friend, my best yeah. friend, officer. He's a pimp. Pimps pimp. do not commit suicide. Yes, and then we're out like huge music cue. But I've always thought like, okay, give me tales too, man. What happens? five years on, ten years on, from that event, from this huge political unrest, this election that seems like, you know, all of this coming out, the U.S. ident falling down. Like, I don't know if there's a compelling story to be told about, like, what forms out of the ashes of this, or if it's literally, dude, the ocean's fucked, the world's, like, this is it. This is truly the end game. And I think it's simultaneously a very bleak, like, end-of-the-world thing that's also extremely funny. And so it's kind of like, again, like, you're kind of almost excited for it. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, how's it going to go down? But this, watching it this time, I was like, but maybe it is about, like, what's on the other side of that shit? I, I don't know. Yeah. So. All right. We rambled about it for a long time. Yeah. Longer than probably anybody ever has. (laughs) Maybe almost as long as the movie. You Actually, said it all. Nowhere near it. You said it all, man. Yeah, I, I'll let you get out of here for sure. No, the, <laughs> this was. I no, I still. This. It's like I told people when they were looking looking at my Snapchat. You just got to find it. You got to watch it. Yeah, it's streaming somewhere. You can catch it and watch it again. Just honestly, you're not gonna get it the first time. Nobody. As a matter of fact, there used to be a phrase. We used to attest we used to it. People, if you say if somebody tells you that they watched Donnie Darko once and got it, they're a fucking lying piece of shit and don't ever believe them. <laughs> Same thing with this movie. Somebody says I've seen Southland Tales once and I get it. 
No, you fucking don't. You don't get it. It doesn't matter how many years of film school you had, whatever you've made, you don't get this movie until you watch it again. That's the person, honestly, I feel like I want to reach out to the most is the person who has seen it and has kind of dismissed it. Because I was there at one point, too. And now, it's probably a really bold statement, but I said it to you, as far as I'm concerned, it's the most underrated movie made in my lifetime. So that's 1990 to now. Um, I think it's long overdue for a reassessment. I think it ages better and better. I think, again, it's some of the best acting from people who, honestly, a lot of them got a raw deal over the years. Right. And I feel like we're never properly appreciated. But also somehow and, launches The Rock to become better. That's the yeah, weird thing. and it's almost the biggest like dude. This, nobody talks about it Like in the biggest dude in the room... On the planet at the time, isn't the pop star Timberlake? He's right there, but it's the fucking rock. He's yeah. everywhere. This one he does catapults him, and then it's like everybody else kind of got a raw deal. Don't really maybe hear a lot from the, them anymore. Yeah, think about it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those like think about who was the if you'd have told me the rock was going to be the dude out of this movie that became like a megastar, I wouldn't have believed you. Because Timberlake is, this is after NSYNC, but before his, well, it might have been right after his first self-titled Justify, the first album came out. It's a little bit after that, but yeah. movie-wise, yes, he does go on to better things, but he goes nowhere near where The Rock has gone. Mm -hmm. So it's funny that you mentioned, like, you know, they kind of got a raw deal. A lot of people in this movie, Polar has Parks and Rec, and, you know, there's other small things, but the guy who you, was already a big guy at the time, the most... You know, he didn't suffer this at all and kept rolling. Yeah. You don't see much. And that's the thing is it's pretty much remembered as a footnote of like, hey, it's that weird movie The Rock made where I'm like, I'm sure there's a lot of hardcore rock fans who just like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen this one and check it out. And are like, what did you do that for? Because it is so antithetical to his persona in a lot of ways. Right. But then it's it's weird because it's like this is the kind of thing you would expect him to do now. This like commentary on the. The macho action star. Right. But... But it's his bread and butter. He can't do it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I, I... I wish... I wish he could bring a little more boxer or a little more Jericho Kane into his... Because he's still charismatic as hell, but and Did like, you watch Ballers? No. Now, see, I've heard Ballers is really good from that point of view of, like, he, like, kind of, like, you know... Being a little bit more down to earth, real life, and like informed, maybe like a not necessarily a commentary on a specific type of person, but I've heard that he's really great. I do want to, I need to go through that because I like Rob Corddry. I like, I think he's funny, and I'm into sports probably more than you are. So, like, I can, I got think John I might David really Washington on it. It's got John David Washington, yeah. In it. So, that might be worth going back along, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's a still, it's a fucking nine. It's a, it's a ten out of ten I mean, for me. This nine, is nine point five straight up masterpiece as far as I'm concerned. On the first rewatch, but definitely like I can't. I mean, again, first rewatch in probably like five years, and again, this is probably my fourth or fifth time seeing it. It you find more stuff with it. So, first time I watched it, I was probably at like a nine because I was like, oh fucking Donnie Darko guy, didn't understand it, but I'm not supposed to. I'll figure it out. But each time you go back to it, there's just more and more and more you can like pull from it and think about and be like, damn. This is just a thing I get to go back and do because I'll argue and I'll win the argument that not a lot of stuff that you people like that's made for consumption is made for multiple consumption. Mm-hmm. There's too much going on. You have to stay below the line on everything 
So you can't afford to put things in there. If it goes over budget, goes over time, you're just costing people money. And money is what makes most things roll these days. And there was a time when it didn't. Mm -hmm. Okay? And that time was the Bush era, Noah. <laughs> God was at a great time compared to what we're at now. You know? Weird to say, but I know, hard to right? disagree Did you ever with. think you'd be saying that in yeah. your lifetime? No, I didn't. And there is, that's the crazy thing. There is a mention to Bush in the movie. Yeah. Like the 2008 election is going to be that. Now, the idea that you watch this and then literally two years later we have the historic like, you know, Obama is going is running. Like that that boggles my mind even that, thinking And about. that's another thing where I feel like maybe when it was going to be due for like, hey, remember that Southland movie that came out a couple of years ago of even getting a reassessment in that moment? It was like during the time of Obama, like the movie felt probably the least relevant it was ever going to be. Right. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, this was real. Like he wasn't ahead of his time on this one. He was just way off. Like, no, this is not what we're about. That's never going to turn out like this. Yeah. We're not headed to more of this sort of shit. Yeah. Wait till 2016. Then come talk to us. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what that was. Exactly. About. Um, I, I think, I think literally the night Trump was elected, I remember texting Barum something to the effect of, well, Southland Tales is now a reality, so we'll see yes. how the next four years plays out. I'll see you at the Mega Zeppelin, sir. <laughs> yes. Ladies uh, and gentlemen, the show's over. <laughs> yes. Uh, until next time, I have been Noah. And I've been Gavin. And we've been pimps. And pimps, pimps don't, don't commit suicide. I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. I got soul, but I'm